after 11. It is 73 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by Mattress Firm. Former Greensburg Bishop Anthony Bosco is being implicated in the wide-ranging sex scandal involving Pennsylvania priests. The Diocese of Pittsburgh says Bosco was recently accused of inappropriately touching a student at the Mercy Hospital School of Nursing in the 60s. That was two decades before Bosco became Greensburg Bishop and now uh, nearly 50 years before his death in 2013. President Trump will visit western Pennsylvania to mark the anniversary of the 9-11 attacks. The White House says the president and first lady will attend a ceremony next week at the Flight 93 National Memorial in Shanksville. President Trump attended a commemoration ceremony at the Pentagon last year. And there is a new report that 15 men who worked or lived near Ground Zero during the 9-11 attacks on the World Trade Center have breast cancer. A New York City law firm says five are first responders, including an NYPD sergeant, two firefighters, an iron worker, and a highway repairman. The World Trade Center Health Program says nearly 10,000 people have been diagnosed with various cancers because of exposure to toxic smoke and dust during the terrorist attack and cleanup. According to a new study, men are embarrassed to order vegetarian food. (laughs) Many guys still see themselves as butchers and the barbecuers, and they admit to feeling anxiety when faced with ordering a salad. It ends up being about conflict avoidance, especially around other men. It's easier to just gnaw on a steak and offer meat to guests than it is to roll out a plate of veggies and defend the decision to other guys who might ridicule you. Yeah, I, I think it's there's less of a stigma on it now. It depends on where you are. Right. I think if you're having a football party or a hockey party or and you Probably roll not going to want to roll out some Waldorf salads. Yeah, that's yeah. the situational. <laughs> Do you guys like candied pecans? <laughs> but the, I think of it more as like what restaurant you're at. If you're at Fatheads, you've already made the conscious decision. You're not going... You're going deep. Yeah, you're not going veggie. Yeah. See, I I have a theory about this, and I have a theory that it's buried way deep in our brain, evolutionarily speaking. You know, whenever back in the hunter-gatherer days, it was like the men would go out and hunt for meat, and the women would gather, and more often than not, the women were successful and the men weren't. And so the guys just sitting in the cave night after night eating a salad and just sitting there <laughs> like, I hate salad so much, and now it's like double cheeseburgers bacon like i will die of a heart attack before i order a salad it's yeah i like that theory it's my birthright yeah this is this is what they fought for all those ingrained all those sad nights in the cave all those (laughs) sad salad nights it's another salad night in the cave hey grok yeah i don't know i don't order vegetarian too often but i will occasionally just because I eat out so much, mm-hmm. you can't always have the chili fries. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's a lot. Well, you that's could a order a lean steak or a chicken breast. I do stuff like that. I try, I, I, I try yeah, to pretend I'm Joe you know, Rogan. Do you have any elk? <laughs> no? Okay. Then I'll have the couscous platter. Or how gamey are your tenders? <laughs> are they gamey? <laughs> But if you be, look, you could eat pizza and vegetarian and not yeah. think about it at all. You're like, oh, I'm having a mushroom pizza. Yes. Which was it you that had that? Mushrooms st- are the number one topping of pizza. So, shockingly, just, I don't believe it. I am shocked by yeah. that. That's, 
I just don't think it's true. Do you? When you I, eat I pizza, love I love mushroom pizza though. Like anytime that people are like, "All right, we're getting a bunch of pizzas. What do you want?" I always say, "Get one with mushroom." Because just mushroom? Yeah, and it always goes. It's the universal one because not everybody wants no. to crush a bunch of pepperoni. I do. You got the GERD. <laughs> yeah, I do too. Doesn't the pepperoni so? give you the GERD? Well, how about the number three oh, topping oh, oh. was ham? Yeah, I feel like pizza isn't. I mean, if you're eating a pizza with red sauce, it's not pizza if it doesn't have pepperoni on it. To me, like Ooh. just a plain cheese pizza. To see, I like just plain cheese pizza. If you go to New York City, that's what you got to do. Yeah, you really? Gotta, yeah. yeah. But but I see your point. I love pepperoni. But to I, me, I'm like I, I'm I'm more pissed at ham being in the top three than <laughs> how, anything else. How dare you, ham? Because it's like if, ham is only on a pizza. If you get like the meat lovers. Yeah, it's, or it's a never Hawaiian directly pizza. invited over. If you ever get those meat lovers, then they have the capicola. It's a friend of a friend. It, it like curls up, and so that's pretty good. Meatballs. Meatballs on pizza is really good. And bacon. That's just too heavy. I used to get ground meatballs. beef at Domino's when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. When there uh, Domino's finally opened up close enough to deliver to us, <laughs> I mean, what a glorious day that was! Sit there watching college football and get a, a pizza with ground beef on it. Because it, it felt very worldly. I'm like, look at me. I'm <laughs> this is very hey, different. Look at this. Let me experience unusual topic. I'm experiencing things. I'll have the ground beef. And you know what? It was pretty damn good. It's still just salty meat on top of the pizza. That's all you're yeah. looking for. Delicious pizza would be pepperoni, meatballs, bacon, and red onions. The great thing is when Val says that, she looks off into the distance, <laughs> yeah. and she really Those is sparkly she's eyes. dreaming. <laughs> she just really goes to a happy place. It's really the happiest I've seen her in I mean, quite a while. Just thinking that sentence, she goes, delicious pizza would be, you're like an eight-year-old <laughs> in, in class. Uh, My favorite pizza would? is. Delicious pizza would be. The other really good one is with white sauce, chicken, and basil. See, that's, that's just not that's, getting. That's, it's that's, delicious. You're not getting your pizza fix with that stuff. I disagree. It's too far off the beaten path for me. Me too. I try to stay off the beaten path, especially on <laughs> the rest stop. Right. Yeah, exactly. You don't go on the beaten path. Uh, oh, if a lot you, of people waiting for you. <laughs> if you've been holding a grudge, even if it's been a long time, don't feel bad. It's totally normal. Seems our brains are wired to not let go of the bad feelings of being slighted. We have a strong desire for revenge, and it is directly related to goal seeking and our desire to satisfy a craving. Yeah, this is why you don't order salads when you go out. (laughs) It's this revenge. Until we get revenge, that craving is still there, and our brains are convinced that relief or revenge is just around the corner. Uh, I I don't know about you guys. My family, grudge holders. Come from a long line of grudge holders, many generations. But those grudges, they just explode and stop, and everything's 100% okay when it's over. There's an indeterminable amount of time that is required before that can happen, and each grudge is different. Some are tiny grudges. I was going to say, what are the grudges? Some are big grudges. Big grudges. The big grudges, obviously, a little harder to get over, but once they're done, they're done. That's it. I had a grudge. I'm done with the grudge. I needed to just internalize this. You know why I had a grudge. I know why you had the grudge. All right, let's- How how do you bust the grudge? You just- You just one day you decide you're grudgeless. That's it. Wow. We're done. You just that, forgive and Yeah, that's just how we do it. Get on with it. Yeah, like, all right, I'm done. I'm done. Let's just move forward. Is that And then when if you it get ever gets the... brought up again, you go, yeah, 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 don't go there. 
<laughs> you just remind each other. Now, nah, nah, don't get yeah. back into the grudge. People Magazine is naming Meghan Markle its best-dressed woman of 2018. The style and beauty editor for People told Reuters this morning it's the first time they've ever had a royal on the best-dressed list, which is surprising considering Princess Diana always had some yeah. lovely <laughs> Lovely, lovely gowns. Uh, the Duchess of Sussex followed on the list by actresses Kate Blanchett and Sandra Bullock. Human rights lawyer Amal Clooney and reality star Kim Kardashian. How is Amal Clooney not number one? She is just. I she's think, put together. She's amazing. But it, does it does it go by like you know the way best that dressed. they influence yeah, people I, with their fashion? I don't know. It could be. Uh, people says Markle's style was the one that really had the spotlight this year, which is probably also part of it. Uh, they said whether she was wearing ripped jeans or a couture wedding gown, she always looked effortlessly chic. People's style issue hits newsstands on Friday. Metallica, like Bruce Springsteen, have been playing covers selected to honor artists from the cities they're in. On Tuesday, when the Worldwide Tour hit Minneapolis, guitarist Kirk Hammett and bassist Robert Trujillo broke into Prince's When Doves Cry. It's worth noting, though, that Prince's original 1984 recording of the song does not include any bass part. So when they play PPG Paints Arena on October 18th... Love is like a rock. <laughs> <laughs> Anxious to see what that'll be. It's going to be awesome. I mean, what do you do? Pump an iron? Love is like a rock? George Benson is also from Pittsburgh. Yeah, imagine that. Ah, Leah. They see the neon lights are bright <laughs> on Broadway. Yeah. Uh, Queen set to release some previously unheard live tracks on the soundtrack to the upcoming biopic Bohemian Rhapsody. All the live tracks were recorded <laughs> in July of 1985 at the band's legendary performance at Live Aid. Meanwhile, the soundtrack will be available October 19th and features 22 songs, including the Live Aid version of Bohemian Rhapsody. The movie Bohemian Rhapsody opens on November 2nd. Finally, Slash and his estranged wife, Perla Farrar, were in an L.A. courtroom on Tuesday where they finally ironed out the details of their divorce, bringing their 17-year marriage to an end. TMZ reports Slash will have to write a check for $6.6 million, plus hundred grand a month in spousal support, but only thirty-nine grand per month in child support. So I don't know... I. I mean, I don't know much about divorce law. I thought the kids always got more, but that comes to just under $1.7 million a year. Perla also gets primary custody of the two kids, London and Cash, along with their Beverly Hills home. She'll get a 2014 Range Rover, two 2015 Mercedes. The kids get 0.09% of dad's income for the next 20 years. Slash gets to keep his guitars and musical compositions, plus a 2011 Ford F-150. They did not sign a prenup when they got married in 2001, so that means Perla is entitled to half of Slash's income from 2001 to 2014. However, it does not oh, include his share earned on the Guns N' Roses reunion tour. It's so, a lot. That's a lot. I think they're going to be touring a lot coming up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would think that's what the real motivation for getting the band back together is. <laughs> right. Guys want to get divorced. Divorce money. <laughs> like, I'm sick of this this broad. Let's 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 go out on tour. To the road. Warm and humid today. Showers and thunderstorms possible this afternoon. Mid 80s for the high. It is 74 at DVE. Gwyneth Paltrow's Goop brand. Oop. Goop. In the news. Goop. 
we talked a little bit about this last year. They yeah. were selling something on her website called Yoni Eggs, Y-O-N-I, which yeah. are polished stones that you carry around in, in your hoo-ha. In your lady purse. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Talk about a rock and a hard place. <laughs> Goop claims that the jade egg and the rose quartz egg can balance hormones, regulate menstrual cycles, prevent uterine prolapse. Oh, Whoa. I don't know what that is. It sounds Man, bad. That sounds really bad. And increase bladder control. Probably because you're sticking a stone in it. <laughs> the problem is there's no science to back it up at all. None. They just all decided, you know what we should do? We should sell a stone to these morons and see if they'll put it there. I wonder and if Kajus does the same thing with his crystals. He might. Kajus, I could see him <laughs> having urethra eggs or something. <laughs> So the California Food, Drug, and Medical Device Task Force went after Goop and got them to pay a $145,000 fine for making those claims because they're completely yeah, unfounded. Yeah, you can't just say that stuff. You can't make medical claims like that. Because people will believe it. They'll be like, oh, well, look at her. She looks amazing. Better get one of those vagina eggs. The problem is, is that everybody has a hard time coming to terms with genetics. And Gwyneth Paltrow hit the genetic lottery. She did. I mean, her mom was a gorgeous mm -hmm. Hollywood actress. She looks great, but not because she's... Her jade egg. Yeah. She's right. not skipping stones through her intestines or anything, you know? Goop. So ha she uses one of these jade eggs? That No, because she's not an idiot. <laughs> Goop also has to stop saying that stuff and refund anyone who wants their money back. The agreement almost also covers a product called Inner Judge Flower Essence Blend, which they said could help prevent depression. I mean, there's so many things like Does that. Does that stuff go, go off in a metal detector? It's a stone. The jade egg? Yeah, probably not. No metals in it. Is it real jade? Because that would probably be real expensive. Although, is jade illegal? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I do know that it must be weird. you got to have a special holder for that, right? When it's not in there. I mean, you a don't satchel? just... Oh, yeah. You're not 24-7 with that, right? No. I, I would think not. Goop. Oh, that's my goop vaginal stone. Just leave it right there. $145,000. Yeah, don't listen yeah, to anything that's not something that you leave out say. on the nightstand. Did you just look up the goop vaginal stone price? <laughs> no, I looked it up. I looked up to see if jade is legal. Well, why would it be illegal? I don't know. Like ivory is illegal, right? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I, would think I don't think you're allowed to import painful. it. I don't even know what jade is made out of. Putting a tusk up there. <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be no benefit to that. <laughs> no, you don't want ivory there at all. Uh, a goop rose quartz soothing face massage roller is $45. That's affordable. Um, not bad. The jade egg is $66. Well, Don't want to mix up those two. No. Slash's wife can buy 100,000 of those. <laughs> Yesterday, Le'Veon Bell... Go ahead. They sell personal lady things on here. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, 
lady, you massa- can't even lady massagers. Oh. No. No. The uh, yeah, they they sell vibrators on Goop. Oh, there you go. Well, go to Goop and enjoy. They your... sell a slingshot. Levy on. There's got to be an easier way. <laughs> I don't think you slingshot it. Come on, uh, sweetie. <laughs> just Put your one, ankles in the air. We got to get this in there. One of the little rascals comes into the room. <laughs> Dennis. <laughs> Where is he? Lev Bell's agent yesterday speaking with uh, the NFL Network on Sirius. Is this for the entire season, though, or just up until week 10? When we find out. I think Mike Tomlin said it best yesterday. He'll get there when he's there, and, and we'll address those issues when he arrives. So so just, and, and Adisa, I, I want to kind of sum up, because we're going to run out of time in a minute, but it sounds like you're saying in an effort to protect himself for real free agency, He's going to limit the time with the Steelers. You said, I'll ask you a question with a question. So we'll read between the lines. You joined us over the summer and said the plan was the same as last year. Do you mind me asking you what's changed, other than maybe no, that no. mindset? No, I said no. Uh, again, if memory serves me, I said Le'Veon had as his every intention to make this the best season of his career. That has not changed. That's his intention, to make this the best statistical season of his career. Well, again, you know, with all due respect to Disa, my question to you was, will the plan be the same? And you, your response was, barring something unexceptional, yes. This is a different plan, is it not? Well, then there you go. We had something exceptional to occur. So many, and I don't know what that exceptional event is. So many former players are criticizing the Steelers' handling of this. From Maurice Jones, Jones Drew to LaDainian Tomlinson, Ike Taylor. But that's not how it's going down in the locker room. They're super pissed. Yeah. And I'm not sure if it will become less personal as time goes goes on. Because he's eventually going to show up. But it might not be till week 10. It's looking more and more like that's indeed the case. Mike spoke with the guys in the locker room yesterday. They uh, tempers were running pretty high. And we know that they were amongst the fan base. Our yins are in the news. <laughs> Debbie uh, Debbie Cromlish coming up. Nebby Debbie. Yeah, look, I think she speaks for a lot of Steeler Nation. People are super upset about Lev Bell. And I think if it was, if he came out yesterday and said, I'm not playing week one, I'll be there for week two. I don't think it would have been as bad. No, even if he just said, like, look, this is what we're doing, and I'm sorry, but I'm going to be here this day. Wherever, even if it's week ten, yeah, you're at least you you're say you're telling us that's part of the frustration. He didn't tell the guys right. like they all thought he was going to show up yesterday. The uncertainty, the not understanding his logic behind doing things this way. Michael have the full report from the locker room when we come back as the Steelers head into week one without Levy on Bell. Um. DVE Sports, Mike Pursuta. With your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show, Mike, you uh, spoke with Le'Veon Bell's teammates yesterday. They are hot. They're not happy, and uh, they're not happy because it's the regular season this week, not the OTAs, not mini camp, not even a preseason game. The Steelers getting ready in earnest yesterday for a game that matters on Sunday in Cleveland, and uh, Marquise Pouncey uh, unforgiving regarding uh, Le'Veon Bell's continued absence from the team. The business part was our, I get, I get it. You know what, you're a little mad they didn't get things done. I mean, all of us at some point would be hurt in, in that situation, but now that it's game day, we have a game this Sunday, now we're all the way into the game plan as the Wednesday practice goes, and uh, and you're still not here, then it's bigger than it's business, you know. 
Yeah, it is. Uh, it is bigger than business. Uh, Mark Marquise Pouncey never thought it would come to this. He thought that uh, Le'Veon Bell, uh, being the competitor that he has established himself to be in his time with the Steelers prior to this week, would show up and you know put his head down and get ready to go beat the Browns. It didn't happen. I just I just felt confident that he was going to come, but now that he didn't, obviously, it's Le'Veon over the Steelers, and we're. We're the Steelers, and we're going to play as the Steelers. Has anybody talked to him, to your knowledge? We had conversation with him. A couple of the linemen did, and it was all good conversation. But at this point, it's bigger than business. Now when it's game time and you know that you have $14 million looming out there and you're still not here and your team really wants you here, it's just at this point, we got Connor. He's so, talking about James Connor, the, uh, the next man up. So do you think that uh, – I'm sorry, that was my <laughs> – I'm down on that. We got Connor. What? What do the players think Le'Veon Bell should have done through all of this? Would they have been happier if it, it was it about him not telling them his intentions? Is it about him not being there? Because I don't understand their inconsistency with some players. It's okay to fight for what you think you should get. I I I think it's the amount. I think it's because it's so egregious. That they see it as like, dude, how much do you really want here? But it's with well within his rights to try and get as much as he wants. Yeah, I think you basically hit all the the angles of this right there. Uh, players, Something, something's going off. There's an alarm. It's happened yesterday too. There's an alarm going off in this room. There may or may not be a time bomb in the room. Yeah, guys. keep going. What were you saying? Players normally side with players in contractual disputes, but there's a significant difference as Pouncey just pointed out between OTAs and the preseason and the regular season right it's uh that's the line of demarcation the hey, time for figuring that contract stuff out do what you gotta do fight starts. it out make your point whatever but now it's time to go to work now it's time to try to win the Super Bowl and whether right. you're making 1 million or 15 million it's time to try to win the Super Bowl that's got to be at some point in a lot of guys minds first on your agenda, first on your to-do list. You know, the other stuff's a factor, but at some point, you got to try to win. Uh, They're also upset that he's been uncommunicative with them, and he hasn't let his teammates know. He hasn't uh, respected them enough to tell them his plans. He's been curving Uh, them. Here's here's Foster talking about that. Yeah, we reached out to him, for sure. Me, Alan Pounce, for sure, asked him when he was coming in, and he hit us with a, I don't even know, so... This was uh, Carolina week through text. Nobody's seen him. So uh, we're not going to make a big deal out of it. James, we're going to roll. We're going to – everybody's going to drink the Kool-Aid and we're going to make this thing happen. Yeah, so that's and, – and you heard Pouncey a minute ago talk about the $14 million that's on the table. You know, they're not asking him to play for minimum. It's, it's not like he's on what you would perceive to be a bad contract that he has outperformed if he was trying to renegotiate. Uh, $14.5 million. It's a, it's a significant amount of money. Listen, to me, pay me fourteen million, okay? <laughs> Who's not gonna do that? That's I don't I don't understand the difference in, in making what he's gonna make and, and what he's gonna make next year. So whatever this thing is, so be it. But uh, we're gonna roll. See, as a Steeler fan, I one hundred percent agree with him. And I think, hey, how much money do you want? I mean, the honor of playing for the black and gold should be enough to push you over to hump here. But the reality of it is the market. Well, no, it should not. But he's been making more than any other running back for the last couple of years, and he would still make more than any other running back this year. This year. 
but not for the life of the contract. Okay, I mean, it's only well, one year contract. So the contract play they off- league, he plays in a league that collectively bargained this as an option toward what you have to go through to get to unrestricted free agency. He would be that next year because there's no way. I, I mean, I'll speak for the team here. It's weighted so that if you continue to put the tag on the guy, it keeps going up yeah, by an you, astronomical amount. Yeah, the Steelers couldn't keep franchise tagging him. Because, they, they could next year. They'd have to pay him like $24 million or right. something like that, which I'm, I'm pretty comfortable saying there's no way they'd do that. So next year he would hit the open market. All right, now let's see. Are you as good as you think you are? See if somebody wants to pay you what you think you're worth. All right. Well, In conversely, meantime, they collectively bargained for the right for him to sit out 10 years and still have it count as the year. Weeks. Or 10 weeks, I'm sorry. Yeah. 10 weeks and still have it count for the year. Yeah. But the, but if you're going to do that, now you're you're screwing your guy. Now it's a PR disaster. It's a team disaster. Yeah. Because the fans are looking at it like, look, you're getting paid $14 million to come and compete for a Super Bowl this year. Next year, go get your money and play in for the Jets or whoever gives you some crazy boatload of money. And he thinks that he's more marketable if there's less wear on the tires. Or he's just afraid about getting hurt, which he's never been before. Never been before. Uh, not all the reaction was as volatile as... Uh, what we got from the offensive line. Here's uh, Ben Roethlisberger's take. Sorry, that's me. You know, football is the ultimate team sport. One person doesn't make or break you. So, you know, I'd, I'd like to say that the linemen are, are more important than any skill position player, including myself, on this on this team. So, um, you know, we're more than – this offense is more than just one guy. So, this is perplexing. I think that uh, he's going to have a hard time ever getting that locker room back on his side if he doesn't show up next week. I I think he's already going to have a hard time, but mm -hmm. how much does that really matter? He's got to come out and clean this up. He's just got to come out and say whatever it is. Or I'm not going to be there till week 10. Or He's got to show up when he shows up and, and show the coaching staff that he's worthy of getting the ball, and then when he gets it, he's got to do something with it. And if the guys blocking for him don't like him anymore, so be it, and, and vice versa. I mean, it's not uh, that's not a prerequisite for success. Or we've all grown up under the uh, impression that it really helps, but make the plays, do your job. I'm pissed. I want him to be here. Yeah, me too. But I also understand what he's doing. I don't think it's smart. No, I think it. You know, and I'm, Everybody loses. I wouldn't advise him to do it this way. Yeah, I the think team. I think him. he's going about it the wrong way, and I think he is. I don't think he's risking getting a big deal. I think he can show up after ten weeks. I don't think the rest of the league is going to say, "Ah, oh, this guy's a problem, and he's a cancer, and he's a bad actor, and all that." Uh, but he's got to find one team that's willing to pay a running back. What no running back's been paid before, which is what he's clearly seeking. Yeah, that's what he's after. What about trading him? It's almost impossible. You'd have to sign him first. You can't you can't trade a guy who's not under contract. And if you're a team that wants to trade for him, what are you going to give up for a guy you know is seeking an astronomical contract that you're going to have to give him at the end of this year? What if a team came to them and said, hey, we'll sign him if they work something out? Is that a possibility? 
So say the Raiders all of a sudden have a ton of money and they go, we want them, sign them, and then they go to Lev's agent and say, sign the tender, we're tra- you know, we worked out a trade. Yeah, I don't know. That's uh, that's a leap of faith on a lot of people's parts, isn't it? Yeah, because the Steelers could then go, oh, you sign it? Yoink! You're playing for us. Well, I think he's looking or, at the Raiders like, no, they just- Or, he, you know, the other team, what's the guarantee on Bell's part? If you're, if you're worried about getting injured, why would you agree to go somewhere before you get that contract? And if he was worried about injury, why did he play last year? Mike Florio reporting that uh, the Steelers have no intention of rescinding the franchise offer. Why would they? That well, would be no, that'd be dumb. That would be prof- a profound mistake because then he ends up playing against you this year. And they've made that mistake twice already with Legarrette Blunt and James Harrison. Yeah, if he's not going to help you, you got to you keep him from hurting you. Yeah, this didn't work out the way they thought it would. Like you heard the the disbelief but, in in Foster's voice. I mean, fourteen million. What, what what's he doing? Nobody thought this was a serious option, even though it obviously was a on paper option. But they did draft Jalen Samuels, who's a pass catching back, and they knew they had James Conner. You know, hopefully he would be a better James Conner than he was a year ago, and they they had Stephen Ridley, and while none of those guys or Le'Veon Bell, it's not as if they have to go on the street and get the Sean Spencer running backs. It's so funny, Mike. Trey Wingo, Mike Florio, these guys are all talking about the Steelers potentially trading Le'Veon Bell without ever mentioning he still has, he'd have to sign first. Yeah, I, mean, I think that would be really unlikely. Just Florio because you don't wrote, think we would kinda, get back the value it, that he would it, demand. It's not exactly... Uh, common ground, you know, so I guess anything's possible. Florio Florio writes, a week ago, few believed that the Raiders would actually trade Khalil Mack, and then they traded him. That is true. Right now, few believe the Steelers would trade Bell. After Wednesday's events, that may be the only option. Well, how can it be an option if he hasn't signed? Oh, because he might sign if he's if they're like, look, we'll deal you. We'll go let you make your money this year. There's the leap of faith that Mike was talking about. I don't know if he's allowed to negotiate with other teams right now. I don't think he is. Yeah, so he'd just be playing out that tag for somebody else, right? Like, if you can't negotiate your contract during the year, then well, he'd have just to, be playing. He would have to start doing that, yeah, and then they could sign him to an – no, you can't sign the franchise guy – until the franchise tag's over. You can't get a long-term. So, yeah, he would have to play out the year and then get a get a long-term deal. Well, all of this legal... Or be free, which he doesn't want to play out the year now. You know what I mean? It's yeah. All of these scenarios notwithstanding, Mike, Steeler Nation, super pissed about it. Pissed. Yeah. Right, you know, I get that. Go ahead and be pissed. But I think the rational, prudent, professional move is to swallow hard. If, if I'm the Steelers, I say, all right, when he gets here... I see what kind of shape he's in. If he looks good, he gets the ball. I was surprised the his teammates went after him yesterday. I was really surprised. Me too, actually. But I loved it a I little. Was, I was kind of grateful. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, grateful no, I didn't know or, how that was Grateful go. or not, I'm surprised. I didn't know how that was going to go. Uh, but you get to a point, right? I think it's, it, enough is enough. This is you know two years in a row of this. Yeah. I think you caught them in an emotional state yesterday, and you're not going to get much yeah, more good, out of them. Good job by you there, After Mike. That. Well, you got some great uh, stuff from those guys. Well, yeah, I mean, everybody did. It was uh, the the linemen usually. Foster's been that way a long time. Pouncey has really 
uh, emerged, I think, in recent years as a voice and a conscience of the team. And that's one. He's of the become reasons. a grown-up. I'm sure that's one of the reasons why they voted him captain again this year. Yeah. Um, well, we'll, uh, we'll he hear. He was like that during the National Anthem saga last year. Uh, he announced what they were going to do. He said anybody that wasn't going to be in line had to deal with him. And uh, They were might, all online. <laughs> might be an interesting conversation between him and Le'Veon Bell if Bell ever shows up again. Steeler Nation is pissed. You'll hear from him next, DB. It's the DBE Morning Show. Randy Bauman, Bill Crawford, Val Porter. Steelers this Sunday against the Browns. They'll face Cleveland without Le'Veon Bell. And that, of course, means Steeler Nation is super pissed. Channel 4 took to the streets. You know what? Yenzer's in the news. Okay, so. Yeah. <laughs> All right, now, look, I mean, it's not really a Yenzer's in the news because she didn't make the news, but it was on the news. So right. this is Yenzer's on the news. Maybe not in the news. But yesterday, Channel 4 did a man on the street segment, and they found Debbie Cromlish. A woman on this Who street. spoke, I think, for the majority of Steeler Nation when she said... Very angry at him. I mean, I understand, okay? He got to eat, too. <laughs> he got a family. I get it. <laughs> but at the end of the day, really, really? you can't take it with you, lady on. Yeah. If he don't show up, who cares? We'll do without. It's the Steelers. Like, we create the talent. We made you who you are. We made you what you're worth. End the story. Well, okay, uh, I... Slightly disagree with the last part. Yeah, he kind of did that, but uh, I think that she is uh, expressing the frustration that Steeler fans have over this situation adequately and with the exact perfect accent. Really, Le'Veon? Really? <laughs> oh, really? Really? You can't take it with you. <laughs> Le'Veon. that part. You can't take it with you. What are you going to do? <laughs> You think you get it in heaven? Wrong. You're going to stupid rap heaven anyways. <laughs> I don't think this is going to end well for no. Le'Veon Bell. If he came back tomorrow, he'd get booed for three weeks. Yeah. I don't think he yeah, cares. This is tough. No, no, no. Players like him, there's a few players like him on the Steelers, and I think that they're just, they walk in their own bubble. Like, I don't think they're affected by it. I, I'm still surprised the team went after him as much as they did. I'm not surprised Debbie did. It seemed to me like that's where Debbie was <laughs> yeah. going to stand. No, that's right yeah. in Debbie's lane. I figured that was Debbie's take on that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of people you could just find them. There's going to be very few people in line at the Dormont Giant Eagle today going, you know what? It's well within his rights to fight for what he thinks he's worked. <laughs> you know? This is what they agreed to in the CBA. That's just it. Everyone says, like Ramon Foster, $14 million. How could you turn that down? Well, his agent and all those guys have convinced him that this has been a disrespectful effort by the Steelers, that they are not giving him his due respect. I am, that's the super subjective part because in everybody else's mind they go fourteen. I mean, even NFL players are like fourteen mil ain't enough. Mm-hmm. How much do you need? That's an NFL player making millions. I thought it was going to be dicey if Lev played on Sunday. I thought that the Steelers might be in a tricky situation and it might be tough to get past the Browns, who are fired up, new season. The, the best thing we have going for us against the Browns is they're the Browns. There's like 65% turnover on and their team. And it's um, <laughs> It's away. And yeah, it's in it's, Cleveland. It's, yeah. yeah. And so, but, but what I'm saying is very rarely, Mike and I spoke about this yesterday off the air, 
teams don't gel when they're brand new in week one. But, you know, Miles Garrett coming around the end, look at. Yeah, I'm hoping he doesn't gel with Big Ben tomorrow. Todd Haley Todd Haley has some weapons. I mean, I don't know how good that offensive line is or isn't, but uh, James Conner is up to the task, according to everybody in that locker room, and he's doing it for much less than the $14 million. Would you trade him right now for uh, Luke Keekley? Get yeah. rid of Lev? Yeah, but that's not going to happen. Well, that's, that was a, a Facebook <laughs> meme I saw being thrown Fantasy. around. Fantasy. A Yinzer dream. A lot of people are saying... This is what the Steelers have to do. They have to trade him. I don't know how that all goes down. I'm not sure how that works when you don't have a guy signed right now. I mean, regardless, he's this is his last season. Right. He ain't mm-hmm. coming back. He's dead man running this year. Not unless all of a sudden the Steelers decide, you know what, we're going to give him the Todd Gurley contract. Long-term. You know what? I don't see it happening. Either way, it'll be a long time before Lev Bell can win over the Debs of the world. Maybe never. No, I think Debbie is gone off the levy on bandwagon. Really? <laughs> really? Really? Deb. Really? So thanks, Deb. Deb's awesome. She spoke for all of us. Really? No. Shit! All right. So <laughs> <laughs> the hunt cut. Yeah. Sunday's game. Don't forget. The Bud Light Game Day Bar of the Week is back. Perrytown Draft House in Westview. $2 Bud Lights, 20-ounce drafts during all Steeler games. Perrytown Draft House in Westview. That's your Bud Light Game Day Bar of the Week. The 1 o'clock kickoff pregame starting at 9 a.m. here on your radio home of the Steelers. Val has news coming up next. What do you got? Uh, we're going to talk about cookies and why they're as addictive as cocaine. Oh, yeah. Really? Um, I would agree. <laughs> Really? And now it makes me want cookies. Really? <laughs> really? Also, Missy Matthews joining us at 815. Uh, better know your enemy, Tom Reed from uh, The Athletic in Cleveland, will join us at 845. And Stan Saverin, 945, coming up on DB. Vince Neal's supposed to be around here somewhere. What do you mean? Like, like in the studio? No, no. No, he's going to be eating at Ditka's later today. Oh. Mm-hmm. I mean, he seems like happened? a guy that would hang out at Ditka's and know all the waitresses' names. Hey, Carol. Hey, Vince. I wonder if he still has his... Fat? Yes. <laughs> no, he had um, <laughs> like a bar or something in Vegas. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm guessing it didn't go well for him. Nothing seems to go very well for that guy outside of Motley Crue. Yeah. And I don't know if he still owns that or sold it, but yeah, he made a boatload of money ton of money i went to the cabo wabo uh oh, in... he's gonna be at the meadows on july 6th get out of town vince neal yep he's playing yeah. the meadows mm-hmm. no 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 he's jockeying a horse oh <laughs> randy bellman and the dve morning show val's got your news right now missy matthews is going to be joining us at eight fifteen to talk about the levy on bell saga everybody this is like five stages of denial <laughs> Who was leading every NFL live anything. Like, it was big, big national news. I liked uh, Ramon Foster's tweet. Like, where's Waldo? Yeah. Lev in a where's Waldo outfit. Mm-hmm. Well, the vast majority of former NFL players back up Le'Veon Bell and seem to have expressed some surprise in how the Steelers' locker room is handling it. Well, because they're still in the thick of it. They're playing. They're expecting him alongside them mm-hmm. when the season begins. Right. They're getting and ready so to compete. It's a totally different perspective. I 
I understand what Lev is doing. I would have advised against it. I think he. Sure. I thought he should have signed the contract two years ago just to be safe. Like, have the money now. Get it now. Right. Like, it's the safer play. Yeah, you could risk it, risk injury, and if you get through another year, you'll be that much richer. But I, uh, I'm starting to think, like you, that the status is as important as anything for him. That he has to be recognized as the highest paid. That's what uh, this is about. But that's going to change every year. Right. That is a fleeting title to hold. And you just have to know, like, do you want to be a guy who's getting paid really well and competing for Super Bowls every year? Or do you want to be a guy who's paid more than anyone else on a team that absolutely stinks? Right. No, that's part of the reason why I think the linemen were so vocal. We helped make you this good. Yeah. And you're letting us down. Uh, more on that coming up from Missy at 815. Val's got news now. What's up? Here's a Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. Center 11. It's 76 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by Dollar Bank. About 100 passengers and crew members reported feeling ill Wednesday on an Emirates airline flight from Dubai, which landed in New York. Ten people were taken to a local hospital. Nine others checked out at the site but declined further treatment. About 520 people were on board when the plane landed at JFK. Officials from the Centers for Disease Control and prevention and local authorities were on scene when it arrived and the plane was quarantined temporarily vanilla ice on that flight yeah he was live tweeting tweeting. rob van winkle and uh if you always get sick when you fly what do you think the germiest place on a on an airplane is i would say sitting next to vanilla ice oh oh the bathroom right next to vanilla ice no i know what it is what is it it's those bins. Yes, the overhead bins. Why? Which because they don't clean them. That's why oh. they say that the whatever is always cl- you know a toilet seat is cleaner than this because they clean the toilets. Oh, I thought it's the overhead bins. I thought it was the security bins, the stuff you put all your crap in, but when it's going through security. The, well, this. Oh, you oh, know what? You might trays. be right. Those are garbage. You might be right, but I would say they both probably are oh, equally. It, indisputably. Yeah. Now <laughs> I'm regretting licking those bins every time I go somewhere. <laughs> you should never lick the bins. Yeah, it does bin say liquor. security bins. Osama I, I bin misinterpreted liquor. it as the, the, the overhead That's bin. That's why I was like, overhead bins? That doesn't make any sense. Well, because you don't but usually still. put too much up there anyways. It's, yeah, that stuff is all gross, and it's just whatever bags are uh, accumulating as they're being dragged all over the country. I mean, that would affect Brad Williams. You know, it's like, oh, I got to sleep up here. <laughs> but yeah, gross. think about it. Like, people pull all that crap out of their pockets and throw it in there. Yeah. I don't know. I don't have to take fly a little, for a while. Take a little I'm glad. with you. I have to fly in October. It's the first time in like three years. Oh, yeah. Man, really? Yeah. That's I'm, so crazy I'm to me. anywhere. You hate Val, flying, you though. Go you avoid well, it. Well, no, I don't avoid it. I just haven't gone on vacation. Oh, go other somewhere. Other than a driving vacation. I'm flying so, internationally. You don't have soon. to. Yeah. You, you don't have to fly to hang out with the Amish. That's true. Plus, my my they flight in buggy. October is short. It's only I'm going to New York City. Oh, you think it's short? Wait till you're just circling around <laughs> don't Newark say that. for an hour and a half. Don't say and that. And Bill, you are traveling internationally. Not to uh, glide past that, gloss over that, whatever you want to say. You're doing another uh, USO tour. USO tour. That's awesome. Yeah. So where are you going this time? Jordan. Yeah. Holy cow. Who are you going with? 
Uh, Steve Byrne. Uh huh. Steve Simone. Oh, he's awesome. And a uh, comic that I've never worked with before, Mark Ellis. So I don't I'm know, excited Mark. to see him. That'll be cool. And hang. Steve Simone and, and Steve Byrne. Great. Both And awesome, I link yeah. up with those guys like it's an international flight, so I think we all meet up at the airport in Paris or somewhere and then fly in together. Very cool. Well, that's yeah. great that you're I don't continuing. know anything about Jordan, except it's better than LeBron. He was the <laughs> sleekest of the Backstreet Boys, I think. <laughs> yeah. Randy. He had a solo career yeah. after. The, yeah. Randy, you did, was it this year you did Dry January or last year? It was this it year. It was mostly this dry. January. Hold on, yeah, mostly kinda, dry. Almost but, a little. All right. Bit number one, dry. my birthday was in it, so I had like one drink on my birthday, and then the Steelers had a playoff game. Like, I'm not going to have beers during the Steelers playoff well, you, game. You're the one who made the thing, though. No, yeah. I didn't. I yeah. just said I'm doing. A, I'm doing a, mar- a mostly dry January, and then you guys got mad at me because it wasn't fully dry. And I'm like, what? Like that? Well, that's not kind of okay. Like running a half well, marathon's not good. Why do you guys shame half marathoners? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't. I am a half marathoner. For anybody who doesn't know what dry January is, you basically go clean and sober to kind of reboot for the year after right. the you know the boozing for holiday parties and whatever. So now the new thing is sober September, which we're finding out about this a little late. Uh, it's taking yes. a break from brew, booze before the holiday overindulgence begins. I like that. So you're prepping your body yeah i think for the damage that's about to happen yes. a smarter and easier move is dry october why is that sober october sober october because it it's hard to do september because you have labor day it's the start of football the weather is still nice you're still like bopping around and doing stuff in october there's enough of a change and you get the celebration of a halloween drunk at the end of it yeah. Sober October is a way more practical solution. End it with a bang. Sober September. I like that. So says this drinker. Uh, Merriam-Webster adding about 800 new words to their dictionary. Hangry goes in. Guac. <laughs> Rando. Guac is our... Really? Uh, guac, not, I, guacamole would be, but... Why does that have to... It's yeah. not a separate word. It's uh, just people being lazy. Rando. <laughs> Rando always makes... Rando, Rando such Bauman a, in the DV morning Rando show. is such a funny description of somebody. This Rando was hanging around. Because <laughs> he, like, he can be a murderer or just a dork. Yes. Random person is, yeah. the, uh, is the definition. Instagramming. Time suck. And adorbs. All going in. Adorbs. Oh, man. We're right at the end. I, it's good to be here for the end of the English. <laughs> the, end of, the end of the words? Yeah. We're out of, of words. It's the end of the words as we know it. We uh, we got them all now. Ever wonder why you can't stop eating chocolate chip cookies? I never wonder. I, d- I do wonder I that sometimes. <laughs> when I'm about 17 in? Yeah. Well, it's because they're as addictive as cocaine. I knew it. Ohio State did a study. They determined uh, something that's not really a discovery. Sugar is incredibly addictive. You guys want to get some more Chips Ahoy? And chocolate chips are loaded with it. Chocolate chip cookies, more than two teaspoons per cookie. Do you guys crush them up and snort them? Because that's what I've been doing. I cook them. You do? (laughs) (laughs) On a spoon. Spoon them. Uh, I, I like to have if I like a chocolate chip cookie to me is I got to taste the baking soda. If I don't have like the bitterness 
in the cookie, yeah. it's not a good cookie to me. When they're all sugary, I'm... De- you ever free bake them? I'm not... De- oh. <laughs> Put them in a light bulb? The fat in the cookies, that also gets you hooked. Uh, and uh, the chocolate chips have a small amount of a compound that triggers your brain in the same spot that weed does, which makes you happy. And then finally, they say the nostalgia that comes from the taste and especially the smell of the cookies gives you another temporary shot of good feelings. There was nothing like when you're a kid and the first time you eat the cookie batter and you're like, why are we cooking these? <laughs> right. Every part of this is amazing. Yeah. Let's lick the bowl. And then everybody's like, oh, no, no, you're going to get salmonella poison because the eggs, you're eating raw eggs. No. Nobody cares. Has anybody ever gotten no. sick from eating raw cookie dough? No. And they put it in ice cream now. Yeah. Come to think of it, that's probably why I licked the bin. Have you ever, stop bin licking. Have you ever had the flourless chocolate cookies? Yeah, it's like a brown, it's real dense. Yeah. Like a, more like a brownie. Not quite. It tastes good. Maybe gluten allergy. I don't know. Or just they're less, I don't know, fattening or something. Heavy. Well, it's like you get the aftertaste, but you don't enjoy. It's more like I ate a cookie, not I am (laughs) eating a cookie. Like, it tastes like I ate a cookie. Yeah. But I don't feel like I did. Like chocolate chip cookie banaka? <laughs> That's right. Did I eat a cookie? Right. Tastes like I ate a cookie. Binchaka. Ozzy Osbourne will have one prize winner join his entourage for a day when he performs in Vegas on October 13th. For a chance to win, all you have to do is donate $10 through omaze.com slash Ozzy. The winner also gets a $500 gambling chip to use in Vegas. Proceeds will benefit Love, Hope, Strength, which encourages people to sign up for the International Bone Marrow Registry. Gene Simmons was not shy about boasting about the number of women he slept with, but in light of the Me Too movement, as well as a sexual battery lawsuit, he recently settled he is being much more respectful. During a recent appearance on Australia's The Project TV show, he said, quote, I'm sure some of it's been out of line, but I'm a good guy. I sleep well at night. My past is checkered like most people's is, and let those who are without sin cast the first stone. You're in a band, the arrogance, if you will, in the 70s and 80s and even later on. You can come on and just be brazen and just sort of inappropriate. And you go, that's right, I'm in a band. I wouldn't be able to have gotten away with any of that if you were a dentist or a politician or a plumber. If it wasn't for my mother and wife, Shannon, and especially Sophie, my daughter, she holds my feet to the fire and rightfully so, end quote. Uh, Simmons Simmons allegedly saw the error of his ways in 2011 when Shannon, his then-girlfriend, threatened to end their 28-year relationship if he didn't stop his womanizing. (laughs) I swear, if you cheat on me 17 or 18 more times, (laughs) I am done. I'm only going to put up with this for a couple more tours. His girlfriend for 28 years. Yeah. (laughs) I mean... Yeah, they have kids and stuff. I know, but it's still like... They did eventually marry. Why not just get married? I'm not. I, look, my history with Gene is well documented. I'm not a fan, but I, I'm a fan of Kiss. I, be, I I've, I've come to appreciate what Kiss is all about and everything. Mm-hmm. But like that guy is just always such a. He's just so argumentative and bombastic and <laughs> unnecessarily just arrogant all the time. Reality show was pretty good. What was that called Family Jewels or something? I People loved so, it. Yeah, People right. loved his kids. Yeah, it was great.
Uh, finally, when Mrs. Garrett died last month, Tootie and Natalie attended the funeral. My history with Mrs. Garrett is well documented. <laughs> I, we wondered uh, where Blair and Joe were, if they were at the funeral, which we assume since they weren't mentioned in any articles, they probably were not there. But Joe Polnicek has surfaced. Oh, yeah. In a leather jacket? She's going to be on the next season of Dancing with the Stars. Yes. Now, the Blair, Joe Polnicek argument argument was the ginger and marianne of my generation yes were you a blair guy or were you a joe guy the tom boyish joe pulling the check tough chick she was like really pretty or the snobby rich or girl. the snobby rich barbie doll girl i i go the other way mrs right? garrett yeah <laughs> <laughs> i like older women that's just me she makes I like great a nurturer. chocolate chip cookies oh, that's right what a gilf <laughs> Yes. A Garrett I'd like to. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that starts September 24th. No other stars have been revealed. Well, Nancy McKeon is her name. Yeah, she dated way. Michael J. Fox for a long time. I can't imagine her being good at dancing. Now, if it was, you know, so you think you can be a mechanic, she's going to win. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> she She's always a tough looking chick. Forecast today, uh, warm and humid showers or thunderstorms possible later this afternoon. Mid-80s for the high, it's 76 at DVE. The Pittsburgh Fantasy Football Challenge is back at DVE.com. The grand prize, I don't know why it's spelled that way, for week one is one pair of tickets to the uh, Steelers-Kansas City game on September 16th. Gum. Head to DVE.com for (laughs) rules and registration. You must submit a lineup by 1255 Sunday, September 9th. We'll tweet out the link. But go to DV.com if you want to get started on that. Fantasy football is back at don't, DV. Don't pick Le'Veon this week. No, it, a lot of people were jokingly pissed about that. I don't think people were joking. People were pissed because a lot of people picked him first overall. Well, what did you think? What did you think? That he was going to show up like he did last year and play. Wrong. Wrong. Do you know what I have to say to all the people who drafted Le'Veon Bell first overall in their fantasy drafts? Really? (laughs) Mike Pursuit is uh, making his way in here. We're waiting. Is Missy on, or what are we doing here? No? All right, we're having trouble. Missy's probably getting her kids off to school or something like that. Tom Reed from The Athletic in Cleveland is going to join us coming up at 845. Mike, tons of hot takes coming out around the league right now about the Lev Bell situation. Sizzling I am still sort of uh, surprised by the amount of support he is getting from former players and their willingness to criticize the Steelers' handling of this. The Steelers are getting bashed by a lot of NFL pundits. And I'm not exactly sure why. Nor am I. Well, because they perceive the Steelers to not have offered Le'Veon his true value. Yeah, I guess, but that's, that's subjective. It's that's in the eye of the beholder. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, they're not asking him to play for minimum wage. I, you're the highest paid running back, right? No, that's not enough. Okay, here we disagree. What? You know, and the whole, the one thing that really has, uh, I don't know if bothered me is the right word through all this, but Bell making the argument that because I catch passes, I'm, I deserve 
part running back money right. and part wide receiver money. No, jackass. That's why you're the highest paid running back, because you're versatile. That's why you stay on the field for three downs. It would be similar to having a, a good tight end like Keith Miller who can block and catch. I was just going to say, What's yeah. Gonna say? Oh, I should get receiver money and offensive tackle money. Yeah, it's part of the job. Hey, a-hole, when you're a good, complete player, that's when you get to the top of the food chain at your position. If you wanted outside linebacker money, maybe you should have done that. Oh, Mike's fuming. I like it. All right, we're going to take a break and come back. Oh, we got Missy now? All right, well, let's go to Missy right now. Missy Matthews from Steelers.com joining us. Hi, Missy. How are you? Hi, guys. Good morning. Happy Thursday. Yeah, right? All right, so let me ask you, were you surprised that the Steelers locker room teed off on Lev the way they did yesterday? I actually was. Um, Here's why. I think if you go back to Tuesday, Coach Tomlin kind of kept it even kill. We're not talking about Le'Veon Bell until Le'Veon Bell gets here. And even in the morning, the first locker room uh, session, Ben Roethlisberger always speaks on Wednesday. We call it Ben's Day. And he was (laughs) kind of the same way. Hey, it's an ultimate team sport. We're behind James Conner kind of saying that tune. And then all of a sudden after practice, something changed. And that's when everybody started, I guess, expressing what they were thinking. Yeah, they expressed it pretty well. (laughs) (laughs) Do you suppose they get together and say, okay, now, or does each guy just sort of reach a point and then one guy hears the other guy talking? I'm sure Ramon knew what Pouncey was going to say and vice versa. I think the O-line always rolls together. They're that tight-knit group that we always talk about and who, you know, even last year with the James Harrison situation, anytime there's a big thing and – it's, it's led by Marquise Pouncey, and I think that's why we finally saw him um, elected as one of the offensive captains for the Steelers this year. But I think it was the fact that they truly believed that at the very latest, Le'Veon was going to show up in Pittsburgh at practice at the facility on Wednesday. He said so after everything didn't work out in terms of the long-term deal on either Snapchat or Instagram story. I don't remember which one. But he said, you know, same situation as last year. I'm not going to be there for training camp or the preseason, I'll be ready to go week one, want to have a good year type deal. So whether or not that wasn't communicated to them until yesterday, but that was really what they believed. And I I think that was the turning point for everybody. All right. So what are the team options right now? A lot of people are discussing the potential for the Steelers to trade Le'Veon Bell. I'm not exactly sure how that would all go down. Well, I mean, that's, a great scenario if you if you don't know really exactly how it works they they can't trade him until he signs so until he comes here and signs that the franchise tender they can't trade him but even if they trade him he's not going to get paid what he's looking for in terms of a huge long-term deal because that went out the window on july 16th the only option Mm -hmm. a team who traded for him would be would to pay him the 14.5 or whatever million he is due this year they couldn't they couldn't do anything until after the season they could give him a little more for this year if they so desired but they can't do a long term cannot do a long term that is correct so he technically would still become a free agent in next march right all right so now now what james connor has a big opportunity here to step up and how ready is the second year running back out of pit. I mean, I think it was Pouncey yesterday who said, hey, if he didn't have cancer, this guy would have been a first-round draft pick. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think everybody, this isn't just this week where they're like, okay, Le'Veon's not coming. We're getting behind James Conner. People have been behind James Conner this entire offseason. He came into OTAs and minicamp in fantastic shape, re- changed his body really um, in terms of diet and exercise and what able, he was able to do from that year one to year two jump. Oh, that then, sounds like Le'Veon. This is going to end badly. <laughs> <laughs> but then you, you had a chance to see it, though. Mike Wright up at training camp, and then he took it into the preseason. And guys really got behind him. Coach Tomlin got behind him. I think he was very um, – Coach Tomlin, that is, on Tuesday when it was Ed Bouchette asked him, you know, do you feel better about the, the running back situation this year, week one? And he said, yes. And Ed said, why, James? That's all, that's all you needed to hear. Yeah, I, I really thought the, uh, the Green Bay game jumped out at me. Everything you said I agree with in terms of coming to camp in better shape and all that. But when he was putting those spin moves on the Packers and the, that one series was all him into the end zone, that was, that was attention getting. Yeah, no, absolutely. And as crazy as it is, uh, I mean, not I guess it's really not that crazy, but last year I think his total was 144 yards for all of 2017. So I, I think they're expecting big things from him this year. Whether Le'Veon showed up or not, he was going to be part of this offense. When you have quarterback Ben Roethlisberger mentioning you time after time, that means you're going to be involved, and that means that you did something to prove yourself. Well, with all the dust kicked up around Le'Veon Bell, it's overshadowing Todd Haley coaching against his former team. <laughs> this weekend. Right? Or do you guys watch Hard Knocks? Oh, oh my God. So good. Are you kidding me? Okay, good. I'm, I'm glad there's other people I'm, that were obsessed He was a shining guys. star. I'm going to go as Todd Haley for Halloween this year. Flip-flops, cargo <laughs> shorts that go to my shins. Gilligan hat. Gilligan hat and an oversized brown shirt. Also to allow me to achieve a nice gut in the month of October. <laughs> I liked Bob Wiley, though, too. I They're can't get a gut that coach. big. Yeah, I'm right. worried. I'm worried about Bob Wiley. I think there's something. He's going to explode any minute. Somebody needs to keep an eye on Bob Wiley. Well, we know he's not stretching. No, he hates stretching. No, he's against that. <laughs> but, but he, he's a magician. No, come on. Yeah. I don't want to know where he pulls the coin out of. <laughs> but let me ask you this. Todd Haley, Coach Tomlin didn't want to talk about this. The uh, I know that you know what I know that you know thing, but uh, that you know might actually come into play. He he has to know some of the vulnerabilities of this Steeler defense, even though there's been so much turnover. Well, even to be able to help Greg Williams and the Browns scout the Steelers' offense. Yeah, right. Todd Haley wasn't just here for a cup of coffee. He was here for a decent amount of time and knows a lot of the people over here, whether it's the coaching staff or even just the players. And going back to Hard Knocks, since uh, you know we had to bring that up with the Browns, who it was the one game whenever Greg Williams was having a. Uh, the player that you know got in trouble scout the Eagles for them and just help them out. Kendrick's that, going to happen. Yeah. yeah. That's going to happen. That was kind of insider trading in a way, wasn't it? (laughs) Man, uh, yeah, that was uh, figuratively and literally. Yeah, a little foreshadowing (laughs) there, right? That was a red flag. Missy Matthews from Steelers.com and uh, the game this Sunday at 1 o'clock kickoff in Cleveland. You can hear all the action starting four hours before the kickoff here on your radio home of the Steelers. DVE. Missy, thanks for joining us this morning. We'll talk to you next week. You can catch Missy every day on uh, Steelers.com. Call that live at 4 or Steelers Live? Steelers Live at 4 p.m. All right, awesome. I love it. All right, 4 o'clock every day, Steelers.com. Catch Missy, and you can catch her here every week on the DB Morning Show. Thanks, Missy. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. All right, we'll see you. Mike with the locker room report yesterday. Boy, this is just the... 
the soap opera. Every day it's something else. Can you work with somebody you really don't like? Yes, we do it every morning. <laughs> Can the Steelers do that? We may find out if Le'Veon Bell ever shows up again. Because yesterday they didn't like him very much. No, no they didn't. Tom Reed from The Athletic will join us for our Know Your Enemy segment. Tom from the Cleveland version of The Athletic, 845. 40%. DVE Sports. Oh, it's the DV Morning Show, Mike Prasuda. NFL regular season starts tonight. Yeah, it does. The Steelers kick off Sunday, 1 o'clock in uh, Cleveland, and they'll be Le'Veon Bellis. Are you ready for some football? Apparently Le'Veon Bellis not. I am. And uh, yesterday, a turning point on the south side. Uh, People probably thought Bell was going to be there Monday. He was not. But even uh, with Monday's absence, people definitely thought he was going to be there Wednesday. He was not. So uh, the train has started to roll on toward Cleveland, and Le'Veon Bell's not going to be a part of it uh, this week, or so it appears. And if that's the case, then why would he be a part of it until week 11? He can miss 10 games come in, be available for six, and then be an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. That appears to be his end game. Uh, in the meantime, it's James Conner and company at running back. Here's Ramon Foster. It's a gift for him because um, he's he's getting the reps. The best way for a young guy to get better is simply reps. You know, look at our old line. They threw us into the fire. We got to talk bad about for years. Well, guess what? We found a way to push through it, and that's what James is doing right now. He's found a way to, to get more reps, learn a little bit more, and uh, he's become a, a better pro. And I'll say this. He's no Le'Veon yet, okay? So I don't want to disrespect him in that sense. We know what Le'Veon does, but uh, Connor's our guy. We're going to roll with him. How about the other guys? Samuels looked like he came on as preseason progressed, and Ridley says he's who he was three years ago. He is. Ridley's a solid guy. Uh, he's a hard downhill, no BS type of runner. Uh, I don't want to talk about the rookie until he do something in the regular season. So I'm, I'm good with uh, Connor and uh, Rid if that's what we're left up with. That is what they're left up with, and... It's a lot better at running back without Le'Veon Bell this year than it was at inside linebacker without Ryan Shazier last year. Well, yeah. They had nothing behind Shazier. Right. They have a, and You heard Ramon. I'm not going to disrespect Le'Veon Bell and say Connor can replace him, but Connor can be productive and play. That's that's the expectation. Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm happy for James Connor to yeah, be able to, to, to get this start, and I have confidence in him. That notwithstanding, the Steelers are in a really messed up situation. They have the possibility of being a Super Bowl team right now who cannot get all the pieces in place. This is so weird. Yeah, probably not unlike a lot of the teams right now. I mean, the, it's not some, as of the high guys, profile. some of the guys in the locker room were basically saying, look, every team has to overcome something every year. Think of it like an injury. It's just the next guy. Yeah, out. but when a guy gets injured, the whole offensive line doesn't go after him. Well, maybe they should. I mean, it's not like they're on opposite sides of the ball. Those guys work in concert. They do. But they do that with uh, who's ever back behind them. I right? hate the drummer. <laughs> That's what they're saying. Three <laughs> more downs. I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> right. Two right. more snaps. We're right. going, Exactly. Baby. It's like Glenn Fry and... <laughs> What's the other guy's name? Who's the uh, 25 guys, 25 cabs team? Was that the Yankees? The Bronx, the Bronx Zoo. Yes, yeah. You know, it's. Uh, you know, I know there's different ways to do you it. You don't gotta uh, be best friends. You don't have to like each other on Facebook. Well, apparently, or even in person. 
the uh, Bleacher Report put on their Instagram account a the quote from Marquise Pouncey about so Lev bad. Bell, and Lev Bell responded. He commented underneath it, and he put this, Mike. Br- this Brace yourself. Le'Veon Bell wrote, whoa. It's good. Good that he's responding like yeah. Joey from Blossom. That's how that's how they're communicating right now Whoa. through the comment sections on aggregate sports sites. Well, the more uh, significant response will be what Connor can give the Steelers in Cleveland and apparently beyond. Uh, he knows what's expected, and it's his goal to deliver. It's the second year around, and you know, just, you just know what to expect, and um, you just got to be accountable. So. I feel like I'm accountable now. Working on it, at least. Hey, James, how much is your quarterback helping you out there? Man, he's he's the best ever. He's the greatest ever of all time, Hall of Fame, all of that. I don't know if you caught the question, how much is your quarterback helping you out there? It was the quarterback asking the question, Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, really? That was His Ben Yellen? Oh, okay. right near Connors. And that, I played that clip because that's a lighthearted moment in the locker room. It's not like everybody was seething when right. we got in there and they were kicking stuff around. Even the linemen, if you listen to what they're saying, Foster and Pouncey, very strong words, but they're not foaming at the mouth. They're just saying what's on their mind and what they feel. But uh, pretty much, uh, other than the severity of what was being said a day like any other yesterday, Cam Hayward... Uh, had a pretty pragmatic approach to it, as I'm sure all the Steelers will eventually. The bus keeps rolling without him. If he gets on the bus later, so be it. We'll make some stops, but this ain't going to stop what we do. Can he get on the bus later? Hopefully. <laughs> the bus makes stops. Would the bus welcome him on? Yeah. Um, we're all about winning and you know doing it the right way. And if he's going to be a part of it, be a part of it. But till then, we'll keep moving. And that's quintessential cam right there, right? Just laughing a little bit, just... Hey, if he's here, great. If not, we're still going to play. Uh, Foster and Pouncey weren't ready to go there yet yesterday <laughs> uh, in terms of whether or Foster not. Foster was uh, really unhinged. Yeah. It, well, adamant, I would say, not unhinged. Uh, here's his response to whether or not Le'Veon Bell would be welcomed back with open arms. The, I don't know how well that's going to go. Uh, I mean, I just in a sense that we're here breaking our back. We, we, I, I've played, I've, I've stretched, I'm still playing with a stretched thumb. Hyperextended my knee. Pounce has dealt with a whole ankle infection. He's been here day in and day out. Al has so many issues going on right now that it is just, we deal with so many things for the sacrifice of this team and for a bit of selfishness for a few weeks or a year is what we deal with. And Marquise Pounce, he said, hey, if you're going to stay out for week one, just go ahead and stay out for the next nine. I mean, at this point, man, honestly, it's just a little selfish. Huh? I don't know. I'm kind of pissed off right now. It sucks that he's not here. Obviously, I don't think he'll be able to play in the game plan not being here at this point. And uh, we'll move on as a team. Connor looks great. We'll worry about him in week two. Do you think if he's missing one, he's going to miss 10? Uh, at this point, uh, go ahead and miss 10. <laughs> At this point, it's cool. Connor's ready. He's done did a great job. He's been here busting his butt. A football, a football team ain't um, defined off one person. This is a team, team unit, and that's how we play ball, and that's how we're gonna go forward with it. Go ahead and miss ten. Wow. Go ahead and miss him then. Week eleven against Denver, the Steelers get Le'Veon Bell back. Filming eleven. The Browns got bless him. We got miss him. Go ahead and miss him then. Oh. Miss him. I think he was just intimidated by that chant the Browns were doing. Le'Veon was watching Hard Knocks, and 
He saw at the end of all Greg Williams' meetings with the defense, they do that come get some B. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if that word's legal or not. Yeah. When in doubt, whip it out. I mean, leave it out. Wait, hold Uh, on. When we come back, Tom Reed from The Athletic will uh, help us know your enemy. But after hard knocks, I don't know how we can know him any better, to be honest with you. Yeah. I get that that's like a reality show and it's not a 100% accurate depiction. You pointed it out yesterday. Everybody they focused on got cut. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like all the players that we were rooting for. Yeah. Cut, 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 cut. 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 Everybody. How they set it up like that? That was pretty ingenious. I was glad they cut Carl. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. He's a. I mean, that guy is a. Toad won the war. I See you, Carl. He started off, and you started to think, oh, this guy's interesting. And uh, by the end, I thought he was a jackass. Yeah, he's an idiot. Well, he's a Tampa Bay Buccaneer now, but uh, the Steelers facing the Browns, who cut everybody alike, but kept a whole lot of good guys we didn't hear anything about. So that's who we'll focus on when we talk with Tom Reed next. DVE. Yeah, the DVE Morning Show, your home of the Pittsburgh Steelers, 102.5 DVE. Tom Reed from The Athletic joining us right now to talk Steelers, Browns, and our Know Your Enemy segment. Good morning, Tom. How are you? Hi, how are you? Well, uh, very thrilled for this game right now. Now, you know, usually we use this segment to better know who we're going to be playing uh, in the upcoming week, but after having watched Hard Knocks for the last month, I feel like we know the Browns pretty good. Or do we, Tom? How much did the Hard Knocks depiction of what's going on in the Cleveland Browns world uh, jive with reality? I think a, I think a fair amount. I think that a lot of fans would have liked to know a little bit more insight into some of the moves that they ended up making, ended up making including you know why they ended up getting rid of Corey Coleman, who at last check I don't even believe was on the roster. Uh, that was uh, that was the number one pick a couple of years ago, if you guys remember. So mm-hmm. uh, kind of why they're in the situation. I'd like to know a little bit more about the insider trading, too, with mm. Michael Hendricks. Yeah. Because, you know, the Browns have had so many crazy things over the years that have happened to players. Uh, but insider trading is a new one for me. Uh, <laughs> the, owner, the, the, owner, the owner being investigated by the feds, you'd think that would be a tough one to top. But uh, when, you get, when you get the SEC involved, and it doesn't mean the Southeast Conference, that's a pretty good accomplishment for, for an NFL team. Did you, were you at least able to, to get some tips before he was taken <laughs> away, or no, would that be incriminating no. yourself? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no, no. That guy's going. <laughs> that guy's going to jail, right? Like he's not going to be on the yeah, team this year. He, he, there was like, oh, well, did he get suspended, or is he going to have? The, 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 the joke was, that, you know, is he gonna, he's going to have to play the whole last preseason game now. <laughs> they, 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 did, they, they did the Antonio Callaway. They made him play an entire preseason game for when he had his uh, run-in with the law. But now I think Mr. I think Mr. Kendricks is in a little more trouble. How about uh, Todd Haley? How is he being received by the offense? And what do you see different, uh, if you can project, Tom, uh, with Haley and, and Tyrod Taylor? Um. Yeah, there's no question. First, first and foremost, it is Todd Haley's offense. It's not. This is not. He's not running something for New Jackson. Uh, this is Todd Haley's offense. He has. It doesn't seem to have very little to do with the offense. I don't think they showed a whole lot. It, it was interesting that um, you know one of the problems in the last couple of years is the best offensive player has been a 
a third down back. Uh, it's been Duke Johnson, and he, they even throw the ball to him in the preseason. So I would I would look for Duke Johnson to be uh, really involved in the game plan uh, tomorrow. Because we we know how much the Steel, when, when he was with the Steelers loved to throw the ball uh, to Le'Veon Bell. I don't know if you guys remember him, but uh, <laughs> they like to throw the ball to Duke Johnson. I would assume that they, you would see some of that. Uh, tomorrow, or I'm sorry, Sunday. Uh, it'll just it'll be really interesting to see uh, what they allow Taylor to do. And you know, the, the 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 plus on Taylor is that he doesn't turn the ball over a lot, which, as you remember last year with Kaiser, was a huge problem. Um, so I think that they'll, you know, it'll be interesting because they've really upgraded their roster as far as in some spots. I mean, Jarvis Landry's a big improvement. Um, Josh Gordon is actually starting the season for the first time since he was here uh, in 2012. So uh, he's got weapons, and we'll just see how often he's uh, he's uh, he's allowed to really go deep and, and try to make plays with him. Yeah, they got Gordon on the list with a hamstring. Uh, is that just kind of maintenance? Do you think? Yeah, I know. We talked to him yesterday. He's fine. He's ready to go. He won't start. You know, this is kind of their huge punishment. Getting back to punishment, he's he won't start. He'll probably be on the second play, but. Uh, he's, uh, he's, he's ready to go. Uh, he's, he's healthy. I think they're they're pretty much uh, the, the the big question mark. I mean, we're we're sitting here three or four days out from the game, and they don't know who their left tackle is. You know, they, they've had a, they've had an entire year to process the loss of, of of Joe Thomas, and they still have not made a commitment on, on the left side of the line of whether it's going to be uh, whether it's going to be Joel Batonio or Desmond Harrison. Uh, Petonio is obviously going to start. He'll either play guard his natural position or play left tackle. But I, I find it astonishing that this close to the start of the regular season, a pretty important position. Uh, so we'll see We'll see what they what decide to go there. Can they just put Jarvis Landry in there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. No, Jarvis. Uh, I'm sure Jarvis is giving a speech right now about it, though. <laughs> no, well, he's he'll, not. He'll afraid, be ready, yeah, I mean, you wrote about it in the Athletic, though. He's not afraid to lay the hits. No, no, he reminds me a little bit of of Ward in the in the way that he he goes about his business. I, I know that I mean, after that story ran, he got a lot of hate mail from Buffalo. I mean, the Bills are just you know he's lit up a share of Bills over his career. Uh, it'll be interesting <laughs> to see how he fits in and, and how that 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 whole dynamic works. Uh, but I think he's, uh, you know, other than Gordon, he's probably their, the best player on the offense for sure. So, he's very productive over his career. Uh, we'll see where it goes from there. How big Hopefully of a jump? To, how big of a jump does Garrett make between year one and two? Oh, he just has to stay on the field. He just has to stay healthy. That, that, that's the main thing. Uh, you, you know, you take a take the preseason with a grain of salt, but he was terrific. I mean, when he played and. and uh, Agua is good on the other side, certainly not in that level, but uh, he's a good player. Uh, you know, they, they've got a again. They, yeah, I think he's 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 going to make a nice jump uh, and be a really good player. Um, yeah, they've uh, it'll it'll be interesting to see if, if he can get to Roethlisberger and uh, cause some cause some chaos. Tom, based on what I saw from Hard Knocks, and I'm, I might have misread the, the defense, but. Hugh Jackson looks like he's in over his head to me. Is he on a short leash? And if so, would it be a death match between Haley and Greg Williams to see who takes over? <laughs> That'd be fun to watch. Yeah, I, I think when people watch the hard knocks, it's almost like they were auditioning. 
yeah, yeah. I think I don't think it, they they cannot afford a slow start, and they've got a tough schedule. Obviously, the team that has just you know bedeviled them for years in the Steelers, and then they they go to the Saints, and then that game, that Week Three game against the Jets, is uh, really looming large if, if they they start out zero and two. Uh, because they can't afford they can't afford a real slow start. Because as you mentioned, they've got two very, you know, two capable former, uh, you know, with, with Haley who's worked in Kansas City. Uh, they certainly have their head coach waiting if a few struggles out of the gate. Tom Reed from the Athletic with our Know Your Enemy segment: Steelers and the Browns, one o'clock Sunday kickoff in Cleveland. Tom, thanks so much for your time this morning, man. We appreciate it. All right, take care, guys. Okay, we'll see you. I don't know what to think about this Browns team. I think they're still slappy. Okay. I, I do think they are collecting players. But if you don't know how to get them to work in concert, then it right. really doesn't matter. I wonder how far along. I know we're not going to see him Sunday. But how far along is Baker Mayfield? How far away are we really? Do you think it's next year? Are we going to see? No, I don't. Either do I. I don't. I Todd think, Haley coaching I think the, a Baker Mayfield led team. I think team. the coach gets fired midseason or before. As Thompson, if you lose to the Jets in your own three, that might be it right there. Yep. And I think at least by the halfway point in the second half, they start looking ahead with their interim head coach and their new quarterback. More Steeler talk next hour with Stan Sabrin. Val has your news when we come back. Val. We'll talk about the sexiest jobs. Good deal. Radio. <laughs> Your Bud Light Game Day Bar of the Week, Perrytown Draft House in Westview. Two dollar Bud Light, twenty ounce drafts during all Steeler games. Your Bud Light Game Day Bar of the Week, Perrytown Draft House in Westview. Gwyneth Paltrow's Goop brand. Oop, goop, in the news. Goop. Uh, we talked a little bit about this last year. They yeah. were selling something on her website called Yoni Eggs, Y-O-N-I, which yeah. are polished stones that you carry around in, in your hoo-ha. In your lady purse. Yeah, that's right. They sell personal lady things on here. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> oh, there you go. Well, go to Goop and enjoy They your... sell a slingshot. Levium. There's got to be an easier way. <laughs> I don't think you slingshot it. Come on, uh, sweetie. <laughs> Put your ankles in the air. We got to get this in there. One of the little rascals comes into the room. (laughs) Dennis? Where is he? Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. Oh, yeah. Uh, The goop rocks. (laughs) A lot of talk about that on uh, social media today. Them having to pay $135,000 to the California Food and Drug Administration or whatever it is. I mean... You're dumb enough to believe that. The whole website sounds gross. Goop. I know. And then they tell you to put something in your... <laughs> oh, it's a goop rock. Uh, uh, why am I single? A Yanni egg. Wait, is Yanni's face on it? <laughs> I got the John Tesh egg. Mm, I got a Kenny G pebble. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell us where you put it. I'll just show you. 
Val, what do you got going on news <laughs> Oh, my God. Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. Jeez. It's 77 degrees at DVE. I'm Val Porter. A New Jersey judge is ordering the couple involved in a GoFundMe controversy to appear in court. Last year, Kate McClure was stranded on I-95 in Philadelphia when homeless veteran John Bobbitt not John Wayne Bobbitt, used his last 20 bucks to buy gas for her. This guy's a homeless veteran. In response, McClure and Mark D'Amico set up a GoFundMe.com account and helped raise $400,000 to get him on his feet. Wow. Bobbitt says he got about seventy-five grand, but recently discovered through his attorney that the rest of the money is all gone. How? So, the, well, they think these two who set up the fund siphoned cash out of it so now they're going before a judge sue them sue the bleep out of them fewer americans are signing on to facebook a new survey shows 26 percent of u.s users have deleted the facebook app from their cell phones over the last year the pew research center also found 40 percent of the adults surveyed said they are taking a break from checking the social media website for several weeks or more the poll was taken in early June following the Cambridge Analytica data scandal. Did you guys see the story about how when you download all of your data from Facebook, all of the stuff that they keep on you? you they have all your phone calls, all of your text messages. They sell. They show you who they sold the, your information to. Oh, and, really? Yeah. Because I have all that stuff because I deleted my account. Go look on that thing. It'll it'll show you. You have been sold to all kinds of but like Well, you know that if you use dirty. Facebook. Yes. Because what, if you look at anything, then suddenly there's an ad on the side right. of your Facebook page for that. One guy was like, They sold my stuff to some forty one? Like, there's bands that are buying this information. <laughs> really? Yeah. I didn't know some forty one was still together. Yeah. All kinds of different like businesses and uh, anybody trying to target you. It really weirds me out when I Google something at home on my computer and then I come in here and it's on this computer too. I was looking for something. I was Whoa. on the phone with my sister talking about I needed someone to clean up some brick. So like found this brick mm-hmm. in my house that I wanted to like clean up and do it. Uh, what tuck pointing and she's like oh here in Chicago it's kind of expensive to get done blah 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 and she's talking about her experience having it done and I, I was got like that done by Gwyneth Paltrow's website I did some tuck pointing yeah it's the goop it is it's totally very different thing. expensive and huh? I googled it and the first thing that came up under my google search was uh, tuck pointing in the Chicago land area. Wow. Whoa. Like, I don't live in Chicago. Why would that even come up? Mm. Crazy. So advertisers uh, who uh, they sell your contact info, info to might include like Airbnb, Spotify, Uber, Walmart, eBay. Everyone. Anything you have an app for, anything that is on your phone. Anytime they say Facebook would like to, you know, do you want to open this uh, app yeah. with your Facebook? Stuff like that. Uh, they have it all, just so you know. And if you put your phone number on there, well, they have all of your phone calls, all of your text messages. And didn't they require it at one point for you to, to have an account to put a phone number down? I can't remember if they did or they didn't whenever I signed up. 
One person uh, wrote, usually I'm blasé about social media, but even I thought that it was creepy that I downloaded my Facebook data and saw an ex-boyfriend's phone number that I deleted from my phone four years ago and all of my texts to it. Another one said, Facebook effing scares me. I downloaded my data and everyone who I've dated in my past relationship pops up, but I've never selected in a relationship on the Facebook. But wow. It, but what? it knows. I mean, I always thought it was weird that all of those Facebook contacts, like, do you ever look in your phone, like, just on your contact list, your actual phone? Yeah. And all these names, you're like, who the hell is this guy? He's no. a Facebook friend of yours. No. Why is he in my contacts? Nuh-uh. I don't have that. Yeah. I have the Facebook information for people in my contacts without ever having entered it. But I don't have like, dude, I don't have like randos. Yeah, I had people that I've never met before. What? In my contact list on my phone. You did it wrong then. This guy who's supposedly really good at tuck. (laughs) I don't know. I called him. I mean, we, you know, we went out a couple times. Yeah, that's cool. Cool dude. Well, he tucked and pointed. (laughs) (laughs) Look at this. (laughs) Oh, God. Look down here. What are the sexiest jobs? (laughs) Tuck pony. Uh, not like stripper. Uh, but the jobs that get most right, right swiped on Tinder. Fireman. Radio has fallen off the list, by the way, of sexiest jobs. Two years ago, it was fifth most attractive job men could have. Now it's not even in the top 15. Ah. The new sexiest jobs for guys, interior designer. <laughs> I think what? a lot of people are watching the DIY network and Queer HGTV eye. and oh, yeah. yeah HGTV yeah. property uh, brothers the most right that is the most right swipe job after that it's pilot physician's assistant lawyer something in PR or communications producer visual designer model college student and engineer being a college student is not a job not Just at all. I want to say. Uh, the 10 most attractive careers for women are nurse, dentist, photographer, college student on the list there as well. Not a job. Pharmacist, teacher, flight attendant, entrepreneur, personal trainer, and waitress or bartender. So if you have any of those jobs, you'll get right, right swiped. I said firefighter just because I thought like, okay, well, like what profession has their own calendar? What professions get me hot? <laughs> you know, firefighter. You know, like an oiled up firefighter you know. with his shirt off. Like that super homoerotic steelworker they used to put on the scoreboard during the Steeler games. And the first down, and it's like a big dude. He's all sweaty, like dragging chains. You're like, what are we watching up there? <laughs> What's going uh, on? Paul McCartney just, is it's like turns into that steel mill yeah. that Homer worked in. <laughs> it was like. <laughs> Paul McCartney set to live stream his private concert in New York City on YouTube. The Rock and Roll Hall of Famer announced that tomorrow night's performance of songs from his upcoming album, Egypt Station, plus classic Beatles and solo hits, will stream live at 8 o'clock Eastern. That show coincides with the release date of Egypt Station. Bill Cosby's old lawyers are suing the convicted comedian for unpaid legal fees. TMZ says the Philly-based firm Schneider, Harrison, Siegel, and Lewis have filed suit against the now-convicted actor for failing to pay more than 50 grand in legal services it says it provided him. One of the firm's partners, Sam Silver, represented Cosby before his second trial earlier this year. Cosby would
would later hire a new legal team led by Michael Jackson's former lawyer, Tom Mesereau. Cosby was convicted of aggravated indecent assault in June. He faces up to 30 years behind bars when he is sentenced in September. And finally, two connections here. GoFundMe, which we talked about earlier this hour. And Randy, last hour you brought up Marianne from Gilligan's Island. Yes. Uh, She has fallen on hard times. No. She apparently was hit pretty hard by the financial crisis in 2008. I heard you were going to say by a coconut. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And she's about 200 grand in debt. Now she's suffering from serious medical issues. She lost her home. She has to move into an assisted care facility, but they won't take her because she's broke. So a close friend started a GoFundMe page for her. They're looking to raise about 180 grand. So far, they've raised about 27,000. She commented commented on Facebook saying she's overwhelmed by the kindness of her friend to start this and the support that she's uh, gotten from friends uh, and fans. She says she's in a place a lot of people find themselves Mm -hmm. in. Financial problems, no husband, no kids, no other family. Uh, She's 79. Wow. Uh, Ginger, uh, they're the only two of the castaways left. Tina Louise. Tina Louise is 84. Oh, my Lord. Wow, she's really old. Mm -hmm. I mean, the rest of them are dead? Yes. Alan Hale, Jim Backus. What was Gilligan's name? This is Trivial Pursuit stuff. Bob Denver. Yeah, Bob Denver. Who's, uh, uh, who was the professor? Russell uh, something. And Penelope, wasn't Penelope something, Mrs. Howell? I don't know the answer to that. But I'm sure she's going to get a lot of cash from this GoFundMe. People yeah. will people will step up for, for Marianne. No question. Natalie Schaefer. There you go. Forecast today, uh, warm and humid, chance of showers or thunderstorms, mid-80s. For- Debbie Cromlish speaks for us all. Very angry at him. I mean, I understand, okay? He got to eat, too. He got a family. I get it. But at the end of the day, really, you can't take it with you, lady, on. If he don't show up, who cares? We'll do it without. It's the Steelers. Like, we create the talent. <laughs> we made you who you are. We made you what you're worth. End the story. We are the dreamers who make the dreams. Now, do you want bacon with these eggs or not? <laughs> well, uh, Virginia... Uh, posted something earlier this morning former pit girl virginia montanez saying i think that television stations now just go and look for the yinzeristy person they could find to put them on television so that they can then capitalize by pushing it out on social media and then we all make it viral right but i replied to her do you think this just started I know, that's nothing new. Right, they have always tried to find the biggest characters on the news, whether it's like somebody who's like just a dyed-in-the-wool yinzer here, or if they're in Kentucky, they go and find some redneck to get on the news. Like, that stuff has always played. They don't have to go far to seek those people out, by the way. And also, normal people, people like us, when they see the, the lights of the trucks come on, they scatter. Uh, well, Those are the type of people that talk to the news. Uh, you know what I mean? Well, like characters. Well, like I think Debbie's in just a, an average Pittsburgher, a yeah. normal city Pittsburgh uh, uh, lady whose attitude reflects almost the ninety uh, percent of Steeler Nation. I think she speaks for everybody there. She just does it with an awesome Pittsburgh accent. <laughs> That's all she's doing. Yeah, but I don't think the news is, has ever changed. They're always looking for people who are outspoken. And thank yeah. God. 
I mean, that helps us a lot. <laughs> I don't even know Yins. Why would I rob Yins? That's the one that sort of defies any logic at all. That is the Yinzer Jedi mind trick right there. I don't even know Yins. Why would I rob Yins? <laughs> this guy only robs people he knows. He's got a good point. We don't know him. Why would he rob us? I mean, it's not like we're friends. Slow the hell down! That guy's 27 years old or something like that? The slow the hell down guy? No way. Slow the hell down! Yeah. Slow the hell down! Slow the hell down! Slow the hell down! Standing on Bigelow and yelling at people ages you. <laughs> <laughs> it's all over the, the street, the property. Uh, you know, my mom's car over there. Yeah. Uh, the yard. We always find the characters to to be the voice of everybody because they do it more colorfully. It's all over my yeah. mom's car. My mom's car. I hope car. this ain't toxic. Pittsburgh's the best place to live. I don't care what anybody says. If you gotta do some cleanup, hey, it is what it is. But we're still number one out here. I, ah. I, 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 I mean, that was really the best thing about Barry is that in the midst of complaining about a situation that was occurring in the city, he wanted to make sure. Don't get me wrong, I would never not live here. Like while there there there's carcinogenic soot, like raining down on you on a daily basis. It doesn't. I mean, dude, I ain't mad about it. I'm just saying. How about clean low, up a little. Low help. And then he ended it with a yinzergasm. <laughs> Pittsburgh's the best place to live. I don't care what anybody says. If you got to do some cleanup, <laughs> hey, it is what it is. But we're still number one out here. <laughs> <laughs> you crushed your eyes when you did it. Doesn't everybody? I like it. Mm -hmm. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Mike's got your sports next. Stan Savern's joining us to talk Steelers. Debbie speaks for all of us. Yeah, Debbie. I like. I the almost of a nation. I yeah, always Debbie, nation. Debbie. Like I will always side with an employee over management when it comes to stuff like this. I want them to get paid as much as they possibly can. But this just seems different. I don't know why. I don't know why I can't. Because it's fourteen that, million dollars. No, might, good point. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta, he's got your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show, and uh, it's it's hot take after hot take on social media right now. Jerry D weighing in, saying that Lev Bell's agent made things much, much worse by mentioning that his client was worried about too many touches and how that could jeopardize his future earnings. Yeah, there's nothing coming from the Bell side of this that uh, anybody on the Steelers is willing to accept right now. Um, I think Bell made it worse by not telling his teammates. Uh, we heard the soundbite from Marquise Pounce, or excuse me, Ramon Foster today, when Foster said that he, Marquise Pouncey, and Alejandro Villanueva reached out to Bell via text, and he said, I have no idea when I'm coming in, or words to that effect. At least be upfront about it and tell him, hey, I'm holding out till week 10, or mm -hmm. I'll be in in two weeks, or whatever. He really has no idea. That That's how screwed up he is right now that he's in the prime of his career and he doesn't know if or when he's going to play? Maybe. Did that yeah, in turn put the, put the organization in a worse st uh, um, standing? Could they have done something else had they known he might have chosen this tack? Because Benz was 
uh, positing earlier this morning that they might have been able to make some moves and freed up some cash had they known they would have needed to adjust for Lev not being there. But how would they really have been able to do that? They wouldn't have unless they would have been able to, <laughs> or unless they would have decided to not tag him this year and just let him walk. Then they could have attacked right veteran free agency with they couldn't have done both at the same time. Million to spend. Uh, I think I think they addressed it in the draft with the Jalen Samuels pick because he is a pass catching running back who would theoretically be a fit for the Steelers offense if Le'Veon Bell was not available. Then you could say that was only a fifth rounder, but uh, I don't think they thought this was a likely occurrence. But I don't think they totally dismissed it either. I think that the Samuels pick was a, a nod toward that. And they kept Stephen Ridley around, who they added last year. So they have an up-and-coming young guy in James Conner, uh, a veteran been there, done that guy in Stephen Ridley, and a pass-catching guy out of the backfield in Jalen Samuels available. Now, none of those guys are Le'Veon Bell, but they're not uh, potentially chopped liver either. It's better than uh, picking a guy off the street. Right. So that's where they are. I am available, though. That's where they are (laughs) heading to Cleveland. Suit up, Bill. (laughs) Le'Veon Bell not being here uh, as of yesterday crossed a line. Uh, At least that's the way the offensive linemen perceived it. Crossed a line. Get it? See, the the line is now crossed. Right, sure. He advanced. Got it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's conduct unbecoming in the estimation of center and offensive co-captain Marquise Pouncey. The business part was our, I get, I get it. You know what, you're a little mad they didn't get things done. Uh, I mean, all of us at some point would be hurt in, in that situation, but now that it's game day, we have a game this Sunday, now we're all the way into the game plan as the Wednesday practice goes, and uh, and you're still not here, then it's bigger than it's business, you know? Yeah, it's, uh, it's time to try to win a Super Bowl, not uh, worry about business. At least that's Pouncey's take. Uh, another Pouncey take, if uh, you're Le'Veon Bell and you're going to stay out for week one, then... Go ahead and stay out for the next nine. I mean, at this point, man, honestly, it's just a little selfish. Huh? Oh, no, I'm kind of pissed off right now. It sucks that he's not here. Obviously, I don't think he'll be able to play in the game plan not being here at this point. And uh, we'll move on as a team. Connor looks great. We'll worry about him in week two. Do you think if he's missing one, he's going to miss ten? Uh, at this point, uh, go ahead and miss ten. <laughs> at this point, it's cool. Connor's ready. He's done did a great job. He's been here busting his butt. A football, a football team ain't um, defined off one person. This is a team, team unit, and that's how we play ball, and that's how we're gonna go forward with it. Yeah, Ramon Foster, uh, not sure how Bell will be received if and when he does come back. The, I don't know how well that's gonna go. Uh, I mean, I just in a sense that. We're here breaking our back. We, we, I, I've played, I've, I've stretched, I'm still playing with a stretched thumb. Hyperextended my knee. Pounce has dealt with a whole ankle infection. He's been here day in and day out. Al has so many issues going on right now that just, we deal with so many things for the sacrifice of this team and for a bit of selfishness for a few weeks or a year is what we deal with. Stop giving away all of our injuries. Yeah, and it worries me a little they have so many yeah. going into the season. Yeah, they always have them. I mean, if someone hits me right here, right in this spot, I'm out. I'm out for a week. Not here. Yeah. Not here. here. So much. <laughs> yeah. Right, right here. here. Right here. <laughs> uh, they also hey. uh, practiced yesterday. To Pouncey's d- allergic to cinnamon. One guy throws it in his face. <laughs> in addition to reacting. Asthma attack. 
to Le'Veon Bell. They did practice in preparation for the Browns, and it'll be the debut for number one pick Terrell Edmonds, among others. I asked Edmonds if he was going to start on Sunday against Cleveland. He did not say that he wouldn't. I don't know. I don't know. Right now, we're just shuffling guys around. Uh, we don't really look too much into like who's who's starting this day and who's starting that day because at the end of the day, we all got to go out there and do the same thing. We got to be one one team, one sound. We all got to play the same game regardless who's in the game. I think they should start him at running back. What are the chances at some point on Sunday that they're going to be shuffling guys in and out and playing different packages in the secondary? And at one point, Josh Gordon's going to run down the middle of the field and catch a long one and uh, be celebrating in the end zone, and three defensive backs are going to be standing there looking at each other. I, I think pretty was good. It? Was it you? What, wait, Have you we met to... yet? Hi. <laughs> Just go and introduce each other yeah. on the field. No, I thought you said you were good spider. I, I didn't think. I, I thought you I, said uh, I was good spider. Look, I I, na, 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 I don't want to get na, na, too worked up about the bad stuff that hasn't happened. <laughs> okay. All right? Fair I do enough. that enough in my personal life. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's never dull around here, is it? Not with this team. It certainly hasn't no, been. Not for the last couple of years. I mean, you got Antonio Brown, you know, he's got to be the, the most pissed of all of this. Because Le'Veon Bell's situation is overshadowing his appearance on the Animal Planet show uh, or I'm sorry, on the uh, yeah, Animal Planet's Treehouse Masters. He, oh my God! He's getting you know, good to see you, brother. How you doing? It is so good to see you. Good to see you. Hey, I'm Antonio Brown, uh, wide receiver of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Thank you for uh, making this appointment with me. I'm fired up, man. I'm so happy you're here. Oh, it's a pleasure. I wish you were a Seahawk. Why don't you just come on over to Seattle? <laughs> so a treehouse. Okay. Yes. Is this more like a place for you or? I'm looking for a spot where I could get away, get a little peace yeah. while still being in tune and focused with my job, watching film, studying. Yeah. <laughs> Something okay, with a on. helicopter pad. <laughs> you know, so, down to earth stuff. Just for just for one second here. He's looking for a treehouse where he can watch film. Uh, now, I don't think for a second anyone believes that Antonio Brown really wants a treehouse as much as he just wants to be on TV. <laughs> That's what makes it so funny. Like he will go on anything for anything. He's been on tanked the the one about fish tanks. I know he has a tank. You know those fish are dead. Those fish oh, are just like God. that thing is gone. One of his like protege wide receivers has this huge tank now. <laughs> uh, I don't know how the hell he's going to follow through with this uh, treehouse uh, scenario. They must have filmed that off. What Friday. I have to do to prepare for you know my job on Sunday. Wow. I think it'd be really awesome to have a treehouse where I could get away, invite teammates over maybe once a week to go over film and, and break down opponents. You're going to put I want to see that those in my treehouse, big lummoxes up in a treehouse? Better reinforce the hell out of this thing. The treehouse is like a the Super Bowl prep. Okay, so it's a place for you to be figuring out how you're going to get this job done on Sundays. How are we going to get to the Super Bowl? Super Bowl. <laughs> Not by being in the treehouse. <laughs> yeah. Do they show the final? Do you have a video uh, of the final? This is right. really hopeless, Okay. What's, what's your vision of what it looks like in your mind? Bathroom. <laughs> bidet. Two bidets. We're doing two bidets. Going from two bidets to two bidets. 
Like every good treehouse, I'd like a luxury bathroom. <laughs> we got to do it right. I got it. Ice Big tub. projector with film studies, some nice seats. Would you spend the night in there, do you think? Would it of be course. a place to unplug? And so maybe there's yeah. a... Of course. Maybe there's Don't even a ridiculous. loft. Where yeah, loft, that'd be amazing. Yeah. As a stealer, yeah. like, should we make this thing steel and glass? Like a skybox, like a yeah. luxury skybox. Like a suite at the stadium. In all the modern football stadiums, you've got these gorgeous luxury skyboxes that are overlooking all the action. And for a superstar like A.B., I mean, it makes sense. Maybe we should have a football field and a basketball court. <laughs> and Wait a minute. What is he doing? <laughs> Just, you know, building a down-to-earth treehouse. <laughs> Luxury bathroom and a yeah. basketball court. I know we count on him more than ever now that the running game is... <laughs> suddenly in question this guy could just keep going he's like should we launch rockets off it yeah nasa yeah i'm trying to watch film over here did y'all stop playing basketball (laughs) should we have concerts huge concerts enormous thousands of people how about that you don't don't have that now you don't have a football field i don't have that now but i would like that I, I would have to make some calls, but I can make some calls. I like that. Whoa, man. Building a, a basketball court and a football practice field is not really my uh, strong point. But maybe alleys. we can find somebody to help us out. Oh, my God. <laughs> Gotta have a bocce ball court. Can't have a treehouse without a bocce ball court. I mean, court. I understand that this is not your average treehouse, and that's the whole yeah. point of the show. But, like, this is why they won't do hard knocks. We gotta do putt putt because this is what would happen, dude. AB's just gonna be sitting up in his tree. <laughs> Lev Bell's M I S S I N G horse track. <laughs> oh my! A NASCAR, just a just a big NASCAR race. I want to see the finished product. 18 Monster old golf course. <laughs> they don't have. You're gonna have to watch the show Friday at eight o'clock on. Uh, no, I'm not. That's a preview. I am not gonna oh, have to watch Animal Planet. It is I'll on watch. Friday though. That's appropriate. Yeah, because he doesn't speak unless it's Friday. Well, there you go. Treehouse Masters. <laughs> he wants a spotted bas- those acorns. One and a half days. He wants a basketball court <laughs> and a football court. Football field, movie rather. theater. A little bit of good news yesterday. Uh, one guy on the participation report, tight end Vance McDonald, foot limited. Guy's the Bo Bennett of football. Mine, dude. But I, just one name. After the preseason they've been through, that is encouraging. Browns, is he ever going to play? Browns have Josh Gordon is limited, but uh, our guest Tom Reed said that is just a maintenance thing. Harrison, uh, the rookie tackle who may or may not start limited with a knee. <sighs> Demarius Randall, the new free safety, knee, full go. Stan Saver next on DVE. It's the DVE Morning Show. Joining us right now, the one and only Stan Saverin from ESPN Radio, 970 AM, 106.3 FM. Stanley, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Randy. I'm ready. Where do I sign to buy some windows? I'm, I'm fired up now. I'm telling you, they're <laughs> doing stuff in my house right now. Those guys are awesome. They're really, And it's a bunch of Pittsburgh guys uh, that work in there since they came into town. It's, it's a really good outfit, Stan. They'll, they'll hook you up. Okay. Will they leave the window open for Le'Veon Bell? No, there is no more. Uh, that that window is going to stay open for uh, a few weeks, I guess. But I think the team was trying to shut it as best they could yesterday. How much out of the norm was that yesterday for players to be bashing a teammate over a contract? Wasn't the old 
the the code amongst players is don't talk about another guy's money? They weren't talking about. I think yes, that code exists. But I think in this particular circumstance, and I understand why uh, alleged experts don't get this, they were not talking about his contract. They were talking about his lack of commitment to them. There's a difference. Um, they understand why this circumstance is different than most, but they once they get to a point where they're getting ready for an actual real game, things change. I said on Monday and Tuesday that, all right, they expect him to be there on Monday. Uh, he didn't show. Uh, you could tell how angry the Steelers organization was because you guys know Kevin Colbert as much as I do. For him to issue a terse statement when one really didn't have to be issued, that showed you how the organization felt about it. Do you think but that was just got, reflex that they've issued so many terse statements over the last couple of years that just kind of happened? <laughs> I suppose. But, I mean, it, it, to me, that, that caught my attention because, you know, they, normally they could have said nothing um, you know, about that because it wasn't a, quote, mandatory deadline, if you will. But I really thought that, okay, uh, Tuesday the players are off. But as Mike knows, on Tuesdays the coaching staff – puts together the game plan. On Wednesdays, when the players come back to work, they are presented with that game plan at their first meetings of the morning, then they go out and practice specifically for the upcoming game. When Bell missed that, now that's a totally different story even than missing Monday's practice, Monday's meetings. Uh, it may not seem like much, but it means everything. That was a different threshold. And when he got there, and he didn't show up yesterday for the most important practice of the season to this date, that changed everything. And you saw the change in the player's attitude. Because now you're messing with their money. You're messing with their opportunity to win a Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. You're messing with their team success. And, yeah, individually they support them as much as he possibly can. But let's not forget that it takes more than one guy to win. Some are more important than others. I'm not discounting the importance of Le'Veon Bell, but they look at it like, hey, we're going to win this thing together. You're telling us that you are not with us any longer. That's where the anger came from. Not about him making as much as he possibly could, but about the fact that he was not there with them, arms linked to win a championship because that's what this year's all about. So you don't think that any culpability lies with the Steelers? None. They offered him as much as they were going to. They offered him a raise over last year. They offered him to what we think. Whatever we don't know, but we think last year they offered him 12. He turned it down. This year they offered him 14. How much was guaranteed? We don't know. But the fact is, if he would have signed the contract they offered him, like he should have, I'm not taking sides here, uh, if he'd have signed the contract uh, a year and a half ago before the start of the 16 season, he would be making two and a half to three million dollars more than he will this year, which now drops by $850,000. Um, they offered him more than twice what the highest paid running back in the NFL makes. I mean, what Levy is trying to do 
just changed the pay structure for running backs. It's not just him. He's trying to elevate uh, the, the value of running backs because of his ability to perceive. And, I mean, he has elevated that value. But at what point do you say, this is what we're going to pay you? Um, he would then be the second hundred state guy on the team uh, next to the quarterback, which is expected. Uh, but I, I, I really think that you know Bell is fighting a losing battle if he's trying to change the league-wide structure. They think how they think. It is true that, for example, there are two defensive ends franchise tag this year. They get the average of the top five, and they're going to make over seventeen million. Bell would get fourteen and a half. So they value pass rushers more than running backs. I think she's trying to change that. But I think by, again, I'm not saying he should have accepted this contract offer. We're supposed to for five years, $14 million a year. We don't know how much is guaranteed. That's the key there. But he certainly has elevated the profile and the pay scale for running backs. Do you think that this is all status for Lev Bell, that it's not anything other than him wanting to be recognized league-wide? Or is is this truly about money? Because if it's about status, Stan, that resets on a yearly basis. What's he going to do if he's the highest paid running back and then a year later he's not any longer? Ben Roethlisberger's contract doesn't look like Aaron Rodgers. That's what these guys never take into consideration. They sign a contract because they want to be the highest paid at their position. That could last as long as an hour. <laughs> Aaron Donald. That. Aaron Donald got uh, one day as the the well, highest paid defensive player. Exactly, Randy. But they don't. You know. You know. And, and you know. And, and you know when you see what Odell Beckham Jr. got, um, I started a pool around the office. How many hours will it take for AB to bring that up? Uh, you know, um, it's, they don't. They don't understand. It's just like a loaf of bread costs more today than it did ten years ago. Uh, and that's the way this game of leapfrog is, and they get their, their hour in the sun, and then that all changes. I do think it's about status. I mean, what's the difference between making 15 and 16? Is there something that, oh, I can't afford it on 15 mil. If I just got 16 mil a year, I could go out and get that vacation home. Uh, I, I don't think it's about the actual dollars. I also don't think that his agent did him any favors by saying what he said yesterday. Because now, even if he comes back uh, and comes back and, the steel, and he signs the tender, and uh, I don't know if they'll try to trade him, they might, but who's going to warn the guy, especially if this brings on, let's say, eight weeks? Now, he signs the franchise tender, the Steelers even remove it, he becomes a free agent, or they work out a trade. What team is going to want a guy who's going to say, nah, I'm not carrying the ball more than 15 times a game now, because right. I'm worried about next year? And also, and this is certainly not in his DNA and most NFL players' DNA, but he feels a slight tweak in his hamstring, and he's going to say, uh, I don't think I can follow this week. I'm not saying that about him, but his agent raised that possibility because their objective is to keep him as healthy as possible for 2019 when he can cash in big time. Uh, look, I think, I think once you get in the heat of the battle, uh, we've all been around professional athletes. If it's third and one, and there's two minutes to go in the fourth quarter of a playoff game, no player's going to stand at home saying, well, win or lose, I'm going to make a lot of money. No, they want to win. They want to succeed. They want to excel. And I I don't think you get to that level unless you have that. If you don't have that, you're not going to be around very long, if at all. So, I mean, I don't think that would be an issue, but I also think that you're getting a guy who's already said, 
team goals are not all that important to me or as important as the other players in the locker room think it should be. Yeah, for, for a lot of the fans, Dan, this has kind of been like watching a very slow-motion car crash because they understand, to a certain extent, the legacy that Le'Veon's chasing, and they understand the dollars that the Steelers have. And part of the reason why Aaron Donald and uh, and Mac got so much money is because neither of those franchises have paid their quarterbacks yet. And there's only so many dollars to go around. So I just, as a fan, I'm just sitting here like, how did it get all the way to this point? Like, why... why like this was an inevitability that they couldn't meet what he wanted. Well, that's that's the thing, and I mean I understand the age of what he said yesterday, uh, and I'm paraphrasing, but I put this in quote. He said, "You're Kevin Colbert, you're uh, Mike Tomlin. You know you've got Le'Veon Bell for just one more season. What are you going to do? You're going to run the wheels off, as Tomlin once said about Willie Parker, and he did, and that's exactly what they would do. Maybe." to the detriment of the team, but more to the detriment of Lady on Bill. That's what they're worried about. To me, that kind of thing is negotiable. Not that he should ever be in a position saying, okay, you're only going to play X amount of snaps. I mean, you can't do that. You've got a football team to run. You've got to win football games. But, I mean, this is something that could have been discussed, just like he didn't have to come to training camp. Um, I thought that he could have shown a lot of goodwill uh, if he just would have showed up once the change from Latrobe to the south side. You know, just to be there. They're not going to chill him in practice, that sort of thing. But again, I think he's trying to send a message. It's really not about the dollars. It's what the dollars represent. And the other thing that, you know, uh, that he has in fact been, let's say that he, one way or the other, becomes a free agent next year, which he will. Um, by the way, there's no signing trade. You, you can't, uh, the Steelers were to be able to trade him the other team that he's going to cannot negotiate a long-term contract, not until the season's over. So that's off the table. So let's say he becomes a free agent. Let's fast forward seven months from now, and he, he's a free agent. Um, what, what if a team like Detroit says, yeah, we want you? What if it's a team like Cincinnati? Um, what if it's a team like Cleveland? I mean, what if it's a team, what if it's a bad team that doesn't have free pro bowlers on the offensive line? and a Hall of Fame quarterback, and a Hall of Fame wide receiver, and a legit contender. I mean, do you think that he's looking at a 1,300-yard season? Do you think he's looking at the, uh, you're looking at the best all-purpose back in the NFL? I'm not trying to shame him. These are facts. I mean, I think that's exactly what he would be looking at, not to mention the fact that you realize you're getting a real pain in the butt. Uh, so, I mean, there's a lot of factors. Just becomes a free agent doesn't mean necessarily will replicate the success he had in Pittsburgh. Stan, who do you have on the show today? Uh, big, big day today. We're actually doing the show from Heinz Sports Tavern 86 in Seven Field. Um, I, I think I need a passport to get there because it's a different time zone <laughs> it's out there. from where I'm at. But, uh, yeah, Mark Madden's going to be on the show today. It's Stan Guy Day. And a very special guest to kind of talk about the Penn State rivalry, LeVar Arrington will be my guest at 120. Stan, thanks so much. Appreciate your time this morning. All right, guys, and we'll be ready for the power hour Monday at 9. That's right, after the Steelers yeah. and the uh, Browns face off on Sunday, power hour with Stan Saverin and Jerry D here on the show You Monday. are going to report for that, Stan, right? <laughs> I will be there live or a reasonable facsimile thereof uh, in person. Or we want a good excuse from your agent as to why you're not there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 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 I can only speak 
X amount of words. After that, That's I'm right. going to save myself yeah. the rest of the day. We don't want to talk the wheels off you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Both Dan. Most of them are flat anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to Stan. Thanks to Tom Reed Bye, from The guys. Athletic this morning. Thanks to Missy Matthews from Steelers.com. Tomorrow, oh boy, are we ever getting you ready for the Steelers. Dave Damashek from the NFL Network. Stefan Tuitt will also be uh, joining us as we get set for week one of the NFL season here. Steelers Friday. Yeah. Steelers First Steelers Friday in a year. Oh, it feels so good. I don't care if we got no bell. Do we have to wear pants tomorrow? work you don't have if, to if james connor has a just monster game this mm-hmm. sunday we have to give him the nobel prize oh, really? I like it. oh my god oh. Well, i got a high five from mike on Dude, that, one. that was tremendous oh i love it <laughs> will james connor get the nobel prize on sunday we should give that out every week well debbie cornless she gets uh she might have to get week one preseason award for the nobel prize very angry at him i mean i understand okay he got to eat too he got a family i get it but at the end of the day really Really? you can't take it with you lady on (laughs) if he don't show up who cares we'll do without it's the Steelers. like we create the talent we made you who you are. We made you what you're worth. End the story. Yeah, that last part's not entirely true. Doesn't no, matter. not at all. He gotta eat, too. Shit! Football. Sunday. <laughs> all of the action starts at 9 a.m. The pregame gets going with Tim Benz, Rob King, and Dale Lawley. They hand it off to Mike Pursuta, Jerry Dulac, and Bob Labriola, who get the network up and running, and then they lateral it. Or I guess it's a forward pass as we move forward to the triumvirate of Steeler Broadcasting. Bill Hill Shovel pass. That way if it goes incomplete, it can't be a turnover. John Chilkin and Craig Woofley. Woofley. Steelers. Browns. Sunday! Football is back on DVE! You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. They got him dead, Pittsburgh, all day, baby! So now you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! All right, anyways, Mike, what's going on, <laughs> what's going on out Can there? Can I just say what you tweeted? Sure, go ahead. The LAPD uh, is investigating a video of a man spanking a hippo at the Los Angeles Zoo. And Randy tweeted and said, Glenn <laughs> Bell is at it again. <laughs> and I just, the visual of it. There's a picture of the guy spanking the hippo. He's not feeding the geese. No, he's not feeding the geese. He's spanking the hippo. <laughs> you know why that's disgusting? Well, yeah, disgusting. Yeah, so many reasons. Yes, I, I mean, because, there's so many. Yeah. Because you Pick imagine one. somebody feeding the geese. Right. Yeah. On a nice little bench yeah, on a yeah. pond. Some old guy. That's not what we're talking about. <laughs> I know. It's how you feed them. I know. Yeah. But the image that, is like, oh. Take the hand motion and then I subtract the geese. I know what it is. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. It's 6 o'clock at DVE. Here is the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. Through 11. It's 72 degrees at DVE. I'm Val Porter. President Trump is tearing into a New York Times op-ed authored by an anonymous senior Trump administration official. After a White House event yesterday, Trump responded to the article by listing his accomplishments and blasting the media. The op-ed says there are people in the White House who are trying to protect the country from Trump 
That mirrors some of what Bob Woodward is reporting in his new book, which is due out next week. Senator Bernie Sanders is taking aim at massive companies whose workers are in public assistance. The Vermont Independent introduced a bill on Wednesday called the Stop Bezos Act, named after Amazon founder Jeff Bezos. The bill would tax companies the same amount their workers receive on public assistance. Sanders said the American taxpayer should not have to subsidize profitable corporations run by some of the wealthiest people in the nation. He also called out Burger King, McDonald's, and American Airlines. Got to stop these millionaires and the billionaires. <laughs> I mean, honestly, did you see, yes, uh, I don't know if it was yesterday or the day before, Amazon hit $1 trillion in the mm-hmm. market. I mean, and that's crazy. Yep. That they, like, pay your workers. How yeah. are you? How, yeah, like, the work, the benefits and the pay that he gives his workers is garbage. That's why I'm not so sure we want it here. It's just another huge company where people are being mistreated. I'm just saying. Yeah. Also, no, it'll gum up the whole East End. More importantly, <laughs> my real. <laughs> there's no. I don't really have any. Uh, you know, uh, um, uh, uh, self righteous sort of anger about it. It's more. I just don't want the traffic. <laughs> I don't want to have to get yeah extra traffic on Second Avenue when <laughs> I want to go visit my mom and dad up on Greenfield. Exactly. Part of a lockdown at Allegheny County Jail is lifted after several employees became ill following exposure to an unknown substance over the weekend. The warden announced Wednesday most of the prison is returning to normal operations except for five pods and level six and seven. The lifted restrictions allows most inmates access to the commissary, programming, recreation and the telephone. Have you taken a good look at your paycheck lately? The nonprofit American Payroll Association is using National Payroll Week this week to tell people that now might be a good time to do so. Association spokesman Bill Dunn says you might need to boost your withholding because of the recent Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. Uh, The problem is that while your paycheck probably got bigger after the act was passed, you may end up paying more taxes this year because deductions will now be more difficult. The association has a link to the IRS withholding calculator at nationalpayrollweek.com. Dunn says you might also think about doing split payroll deposits to help boost your savings. Are you, if you are single, the victim of singleism? It's a term coined by author and social psychologist Bella DiPaolo. Uh, She's a PhD. It's the negative treatment of people who are single. (laughs) Well... Do single people get treated negatively? Well, I'm singlest. I uh, I definitely you know think lower of people that are single. I'm singletist. I think lower of people that wear singlets. <laughs> but According to DePaulo, wrestling singlets are never okay outside of wrestling. Okay, singleism is the stigmatiz- stigmatizing of adults who are single. It includes negative stereotyping of singles and discrimination against singles. This is, this is it's, BS. It's, it's not a like thing. This woman's trying to sell a book. Well, you don't get invited to as much stuff. Really? Uh huh. And that's a negative thing. <laughs> yeah, really. I'm just saying. People also kind of go, "Oh, well, if you're single after 40, uh, you know, I mean, I'm in a relationship, but I'm not married, and people think that that's like, oh, he's, oh, he's." <laughs> No, he's not married. He's a confirmed bachelor. Mm-hmm. He's afraid to love. <laughs> so I'm just not stupid enough to get married. 
Yeah, I think of that. It's just like you hit 40. It's like, all right, now everybody Why gets the, the message. Leave me alone. <laughs> Stop inviting me to your stupid stuff. No, I don't know. I, I think that there's a <laughs> stigma that goes along with it that must mean that you have some sort of like... You put off a vibe. Yeah. There's something wrong with him or her. Especially, I think women, this is a woman who wrote this book. Yes. I think women really feel it. Guys are kind of like, yeah, I don't care. Whatever. And that's how I Probably, yeah. I look at it like single guys that are out there. I'm like, wild, wild horses. (laughs) You stay out there. You stay wild. (laughs) Don't be broken like the rest of us. (laughs) You stay out there. (laughs) You stay in those woods. You stay there. Stay gold, pony. A controversial former Alabama judge is filing a $95 million lawsuit against British comedian Sasha Baron Cohen. Former Senate candidate Roy Moore claims he was duped into appearing on Cohen's Showtime series, Who is America? The complaint alleges fraud and defamation of character after Moore was lured to Washington, D.C. to accept a phony award for supporting (laughs) Israel. The lawsuit also names CBS and Showtime for airing the episode, which features a disguised Cohen demonstrating a fictional device to detect pedophiles. Moore's bid for a U.S. <laughs> oh Senate seat God. failed amid accusations of sexual misconduct with an underage girl. This you- show is causing more of a stir. Like this is, he's this is the Olympics of comedy. He is achieving what nobody has ever achieved. Have you guys seen it? I, I can't watch. I can't yeah, watch it. So I can't funny. bring myself to watch it. It just. It, I think it will just depress me too much about. Our country. The one guy who sued the United States to allow more super PAC money to be put into, you know, into the uh, election so that, like, you didn't have to identify where it came from so Mm -hmm. that money from, you know, outside sources could come in. So, Mm -hmm. you know, another country. Oh, I don't know. Pick one could have funneled a whole bunch of money through uh, super PACs thanks to this guy's lawsuit. And he's Mm -hmm. a crazy dude down in Alabama. And so he went down and did this thing with, uh, like, he said, what's your number one concern? And the guy's like, terrorism. He's like, right. And we're going to teach you today how to fend off terrorists in the the office place. What's that? Is this the naked... The guy that took his pants. Didn't some guy no, take no, his he pants got like, off? No. He got a bunch of people to get naked and do one. One guy he got him. He he, he wanted him to blend in his liberals, so that he got him to say all these mean things about Trump and to hump a Trump doll. Like <laughs> the stuff people are willing to do is is out of control. But these guys, he was teaching them self defense for terror terrorism in the workplace, and he said the things that they're scared of the most are gay people and and pork. So he got these guys to carry these big shields that had a, a picture of a gay porn scene mm-hmm. and a pork chop, and they were, they were, and he had them I mean, run up and down the aisles, and they did it, and they go, not- their drill would. One guy went homo, 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 and the other guy went pork, pork, pork. <laughs> How does anybody in their right mind not? I don't think, know. When you what see is it, going on it makes here? you laugh so hard, and at the same time, you're like, we're in so much trouble. <laughs> That's why I don't watch we it. We are in so much trouble. Because he's basically like coming in like he's the Ghostbusters. Okay, what you have to do to get Slimer is, uh, you know, yeah. dangle a, f- you know, a piece of food in a hallway. Apparently, these people never saw punks. They're, every one of them no. gets punked. Occasionally, like, someone will, like, know, like, the jig is up and they're out of there within a minute or so. But he <laughs> he has this one character. Yeah, wasn't Bernie Sanders one of them? Yeah, Didn't and Dan, Ra- or not Dan, rather, um, Ted Koppel and uh, Howard Dean. Um, 
But he has this one character that is this like NPR loving, like uh, ponytail having old dude who's just the the femiest femme beta male guy and he goes to this town in Arizona to tell them about this mosque that he wants to build for the community and these people want to murder him for talking about a mosque they thought it was like they're there to talk about some civic arena and the stuff that he is saying and the, the stuff that they're saying is terrifying because it moves quickly from Muslims to black people and it is not comforting but the things he gets people to do and the way he keeps that character it is remarkable and so the Sarah Palin one never aired so she had a successful bid to keep that from getting on the air that one never went on oh wow but the show the homo 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 pork pork that made me laugh so hard I watched it like 10 times over and over because they're running up and down the hallway of their workplace yelling this stuff Actor Jimmy Bennett says he will file a sexual assault claim against Asia Argento. Argento, however, now says it was Bennett who sexually assaulted her. TMZ reports Bennett plans to file charges with the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department and cooperate with the investigation. He says he was 17 when the two had a sexual encounter five years ago. Argento said it was Bennett who attacked her, and she decided not to file charges against him because she felt felt sorry for his circumstances, whatever they were. I don't know about that. Warm and humid showers uh, possible this afternoon and a high only in the mid-80s today, so a little cooler. I think it's only supposed to be in the upper 60s over the weekend Great. for the high. So uh, 73 now at DVE. Yeah, well, as crazy as things are around the country, they're no less crazy in Steeler country. Le'Veon Bell not reporting yesterday. The offensive line ain't having it anymore. They go off. The soap opera mm-hmm. continues here in Pittsburgh. This is getting very entertaining. That went national yesterday. Oh, it was, it's <laughs> pretty hilarious, including one of the most profound Yinzer in the news <laughs> performances of the last several years. We'll have that for you and more. Mike Pursuta will be coming in uh, uh, with your sports at the bottom of the hour. Kiss gets his go. It's the DV Morning Show. Dev Leopard. Photograph. Mike Pursuit is coming up with your sports here uh, momentarily. We got uh, Missy Matthews talking Steelers. Also, our Know Your Enemy segment with uh, Tom Reed from the Athletic Cleveland. Stan Saverin will be joining us in the 9 o'clock hour as well. Don't forget, Steelers-Browns this Sunday, the 1 o'clock kickoff, the Le'Veon Bell-less <laughs> kickoff. More than likely, he could show up today. You don't know. Mm. I almost hope he doesn't. because It doesn't sound like he's showing up anytime <laughs> soon. I don't think he's coming to Week 10. I really don't. Um, but at any rate, that game's a 1 o'clock kickoff in Cleveland. You can hear all of the action starting four hours before kickoff here on your radio home of the Steelers. DBE at 9 o'clock. Tim Benz, Dale Lawley, and Rob King get things going. They hand it off to Mike Pursuta, Jerry Dulac, and Bob Labriola, who in turn pass it over to the triumvirate of broadcasting here on the Steeler radio network. Bill Hillgrove, Tunch Ilkin, and Craig Wolfley. Oof. The 9 o'clock a.m. start for the Steelers this Sunday right here on DVE. I'm excited for it. Football is back. Me too. Can't wait. It was fun to watch college football last weekend. Even more fun to watch uh, um, Pitt and Penn State this weekend. I mean, that'll be a big one. That's a huge game. game. It's a night game, Saturday night down at Heinz Field. It'll be crazy. Uh, You know how I have that propensity to get up in the middle of the night and eat cereal? I I don't know what it is. You know, it's a thing. Uh, There's a name for it. I don't know what it is. It's probably like, you know, uh, Count Choculomnia or something. <laughs> but I left milk out 
and thought I was okay with how long I had left it out. How long did you leave it out? It was like three hours. Okay, I thought you were going to say three days. I think you no. might be all right. You, you might be okay. It was pretty hot. No, did I you wasn't okay. <laughs> did you Google it? it. I Google did, it right now. I did Google it. So I like got up, I like had a bowl of cereal, I went back to bed, I'm like, it smelled funny. It did, but it didn't taste bad. I'm like, well, if it doesn't taste bad, it's got to be fine. How funny did it smell? Was it just like, does this smell funny or, ooh, well, that oh, smells funny. this is funny. hilarious. No, it was like, <laughs> this smells hilarious. <laughs> It smelled not. It smelled like it could have been not good. It, it was it one of those situations you would have someone else smell it and say, yeah, "What so do you think had, about this?" For sure, but there was nobody there, so I said to myself, "Well, it came out of a cow. How good is it going to smell?" That was my <laughs> rationalization. <laughs> it came out of a hairy nipple. Yeah. <laughs> so I ate a bowl of cereal with the tainted milk, and I went back to bed. And my stomach was just going. <laughs> Are like, you okay I'm now? Like, oh no! And then I'm like, I could taste it like coming back up, and I'm like, oh, oh it's like sour no. milk is like coming. I'm like, why did I just do that? I was like half conscious. <laughs> so then I'm like, I have to make myself throw up. I'm not going to be able to keep no. sleeping. Did you gag yourself? Tell me you gagged yourself. Well, because it was night. like I had this gross, like, uh, like sour milk taste coming up. So. I gave it a shot, and all I was like, Wah! and then like, <laughs> so you did like a yelling goat throw yeah. up. It just nothing came out. I was like, I'm just choking myself. I'm like, this has gone from bad to worse. What am I doing? This is all self inflicted. Why? Why am I doing this? Just stop it and go to bed. So. Have you ever done that when you're drunk? Oh, yeah. Pull the trigger? Right. Yeah, a million, yeah. million times. But when you do, it's like, it doesn't need a whole lot of coaxing usually. It's like, yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and then, you know. I've done the, that a lot. Yeah. Oh, back in the day. In college, yeah. oh, I used to yeah. do it all the time. Then you crapped your pants. You're like, oh, God. <laughs> like, am I doing this? This is not working out. But I just had this back like aftertaste of this sour milk yeah and i was like trying to sleep and for about 45 minutes i'm like should i just go back and throw up no 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 stop it and i had an argument with myself for a a long time about whether i should (laughs) just go and puke up the sour milk which one won i fell asleep eventually i got tired of the argument myself much like the listeners are probably tired of hearing it right now and got lulled back to sleep that was me last night i'm like i'm boring myself I've eaten like a lot, a miserable amount of food and thought, I wish I could make myself throw up. That's called bulimia. Well, I know, but one time. I didn't do it because I thought, I thought I used to do it when I was younger, when I was drunk all the time. Why can't I do it now? Because mashed potatoes and gravy coming out are a whole (laughs) lot worse than Jägermeister. Now every time I I suffer, I'm bloated and feel like... A whale, and I just want to pinch my fat and shame myself. And- <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if I wasn't throwing up like Jerry Lewis, it wouldn't have helped. <laughs> <laughs> Some people hate to throw up. I really I don't mind like it. I like throwing up. I do. Oh it my gets God, the, I hate it. It gets, gets that grossness out of you, whatever it Demons is. Demons be gone. <laughs> you actually like it? I love throwing up. <laughs> Such a relief. Did yeah. you ever see Verzi uh our buddy Paul Verzi, comic out of New York City, tweeted us or tweeted one time, 
you ever just like to get diarrhea? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know about that. No. I don't think I've ever been like, oh, yes, I have diarrhea. <laughs> so awesome. This is great. Just sitting here wondering if it's going to happen in a really inopportune time. This is really fun. <laughs> no, diarrhea and throwing up are two totally different things. I don't well, like throwing up like all day nonstop. Pe- people. But a good like purge. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I think people feel more sorry for you if you throw up. I know. I don't know why that is. if you have diarrhea. If you have diarrhea, everyone's like, please leave it's, this it's, party. Yeah. <laughs> or they laugh at you. <laughs> Which one of you slept a diarrhea <laughs> at my party? <laughs> no, but because I think people think you're sitting down. Like, well, you're being lazy about your sickness. Who ruined good old night? <laughs> 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 All right, we got to take a break. Look, I'm sorry to have that disgusting talk early, but it needed it needed to happen. Yeah, well, everybody I, I, gets there at some point. I was throwing up yesterday when I went on Twitter just to see what was going on in the Steelers' locker room. Yeah, I know <laughs> that did make me that <laughs> made me nauseous as well. All right, uh, Michael, have the full report coming up. The locker room has spoken, and people are pissed about Lev Bell. Sports DVE. Sports. Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Mike. Sports is our... You bro- love it. He's smiling going into it. Just Grinning like it. a butcher's dog, baby. Sports is our brought to you by Xfinity from Comcast. The Steelers Road controversy and potential distraction to a 13-3 and record last regular season. They are already in midseason form here with a 2018 poise to kick off Sunday in Cleveland. Le'Veon Bell didn't show up Monday, didn't show up again yesterday. His agent uh, made the rounds yesterday afternoon on some national shows and uh, intimated uh, rather obviously that this is going to be a while until Bell shows up. He has not signed the franchise tender. If you don't know the parameters or the specifics of the situation by now, they are these. He's scheduled to make $14.5 million for a 16-game regular season. The Steelers could pay him more than that if they were so inclined under the franchise tag. They can't play, pay him less than that, but they could pay him more. Uh, they cannot negotiate a long-term deal. And uh, Bell can sit out through the first 10 games, show up, uh, be available for six, and get an accrued season toward unrestricted free agency, which he would then be again in 2019. Le'Veon Bell is apparently opting for uh, the stay-out 10 weeks thing. It appears that's what's happening. I mean, if you're going to miss one, why wouldn't you miss all of them? Which- right. Is there any chance that the Steelers capitulate to the to his desire to get paid more and just pay him like 18 for this year or something? Uh, there's a, I, I would think there's a chance. I would suggest that's unlikely. Uh, they can rescind the tag anytime they want. If they do that, he becomes an unrestricted free agent, and then he, he walks. Anywhere. Then right. he becomes a Patriot. Right, right over to New England. Yeah. So if yeah. you're one of those people sitting there saying, cut him now. Do you, do you want them running it up your backside when New England comes to town? I would right. say no, you don't. Uh, but uh, the Steelers are, well, here's how they are. Listen to Marquise Pouncey yesterday. I mean, at this point, man, honestly, it's just a little selfish. Huh? Oh, no, I'm kind of pissed off right now. It sucks that he's not here. Obviously, I don't think he'll be able to play in the game plan not being here at this point. And uh, we'll move on as a team. Connor looks great. We'll worry about him in week two. Do you think if he's missing one, he's going to miss 10? Uh, at this point, uh, go ahead and miss 10. <laughs> at this point, it's cool. Connor's ready. He's done did a great job. He's been here busting his butt. A football, a football team ain't um, defined off one person. This is a team, team unit, and that's how we play ball, and that's how we're going to go forward with it. That's what I wanted to hear. I'm pissed. Go ahead and miss 10. 
Go ahead and miss 10. Ramon Foster uh, lamenting uh, Bell presenting uh, himself as selfish in what's supposed to be a team game. A little disappointed. Football is, is one of the most ultimate team sports in the sense that, you know, if he come weeks later, do we have to adjust everything that we're doing? Uh, if he shows later this week, I mean, you kind of pounce, you know, gave him a, 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 a we welcome you back the other day and still no show. So for the guys that block for him up front, that's kind of disheartening a little bit. But uh, this day and age where everybody's as, as selfish as they want to be, the ultimate team sport is turning into a little bit of an individual race. So we'll see. I think that uh, this is uh, an emotional response from the Steelers right now and that in time they will come to realize that this is how the business is structured and it stinks. And while they feel all those things, it might not be as personal with Le'Veon Bell as it seems to be right now. It definitely is personal right now. Very much so. Well, that that just leads you to believe that they really thought he was going to show up yesterday. Yeah. Um whether that was valid or not, I think the expectation, if that's the right word, or maybe the anticipation all along has been that this would play out as it did last year. Right. Okay, you're not showing up for OTAs, fine. You're not showing up for training camp, okay, whatever. Get here when it counts, which he did a year ago. And when he, did he show up last year? The week before the Browns game. But what day? Do you remember? Uh, I believe it was the first day, I'm not certain. Monday, when they come out of the preseason, it always ends on a Thursday. Mm-hmm. So the Monday practice, it's a practice, but it's just kind of a... Get together. It, hey, it, how you doing? The, the <laughs> walkthrough kind of thing. They start putting a game plan in on Wednesday for the opponent. So if, if so it, yesterday was the big... Yesterday was a big day. That, that was meaningful that he was not there yesterday. Because now the train's left the station in terms of just like the game plan. They're already into that for it the Browns. It has started to chug along. And... and the logic, at least as I can decipher it, if you're going to miss one game, why wouldn't you go ahead and miss all ten then? Well, I just think from a monetary standpoint, is it really going to be $8 million difference that he's going to get out of this? I don't know. Because that's a lot of money to give up. Maybe the money doesn't matter to him, and he wants the principle of the I'm the best running back ever, and I'm going to set the bar, and I'm going to be paid like a double position, like, like he said. You know, I catch the ball, I should be paid like a receiver and a back. Maybe that's more important to him than making what he could make this it's, year. It's definitely more important to him. That's I mean, he the made, game he's playing. He made $12 million last year. Uh, I don't know what his expenses are. Uh, I don't know how much money means to him. It's it's his choice. He, it's a negotiated, collectively bargained contract with the players in the league, and the franchise tag deals part of that, and this is a possibility when the, when the team makes a decision it made last spring to tag him again. Crazy. Clearly, the prudent thing to do would have been to just let him walk after last year and use the 14 and a half to spend on defense. But they can't do that now. And they don't have Le'Veon Bell. Well, because they thought the spirit of the franchise tag is that the guy will honor it. Well, they didn't, they didn't think anybody would walk away from eight or nine million dollars. Yeah. He's calling their bluff. And uh, what if he? See, I, I hate I hate this on both ends because to me it's like they just played chicken for two years straight, and now well, we're no, in they a got, I mean they got a, they got an all pro year out of them last year, but the the yeah, but it was leading to this. They thought that could happen again, and <laughs> so far it ain't. Uh, what if he comes in next week? What if he comes in two weeks later? Would uh, Le'Veon Bell 
be accepted in the locker room. Here's Ramon Foster on that. The, I don't know how well that's going to go. Uh, I mean, I just in a sense that we're here breaking our back. We, we, I, I've played, I've, I've stretched, I'm still playing with a stretched thumb. Hyperextended my knee. Pounce has dealt with a whole ankle infection. He's been here day in and day out. Al has so many issues going on right now that Stop telling this, people. This, we deal yeah. with so many things for the sacrifice of this team and for a bit of selfishness for a few weeks or a year is what we deal with. I think it's remarkable that Ramon Foster, who was the union rep in that locker room for a long time. Still is. Well, he's espousing viewpoints that run counter to what the union fought for. The right of these guys in their collective bargaining agreement to do this kind of stuff, to be a free agent, to get as much money as possible. Typically, these guys support one another in their quest to get rich. This is an outlier. Until the games start. Yeah, until they start missing games. Yeah. It's, it counts now. And, uh, as Pouncey put it multiple times, it's obviously it's Le'Veon over the Steelers in Le'Veon Bell's mind. He's, you know, one of Pouncey's arguments was, "Hey, I get, I get it that you didn't show up for camp and all that. Everybody would feel hurt if they were trying to get a long-term deal and it didn't happen." But okay, that's over now. Play ball. Well, that's why that's I said it was do. disingenuous. Whenever, whenever Le'Veon said, "Oh, I want to be a Steeler for life," and the Steelers mean this much to me, and I said, "Look, if you want to make the most money in the history of the game, then that's your right. Go ahead and do that. But don't also say out of the yeah. other side of your mouth you want to be a Steeler for life because you know the money isn't there for you to be that on this team. And he, you know, be a Steeler for life. He doesn't want to be a Steeler this week, <laughs> right? And this is the week you're supposed to want to be a Steeler because they're playing a game that counts on Sunday in Cleveland. Just be a Steeler for a year." Just one more. 17 weeks plus playoffs, right? And then go your merry way. And it's not like you're not being compensated. I mean, every guy on the team's looking at 14 mil like, for real? You're not coming in for this? Yeah. Well, if the guaranteed money is $10 million difference somewhere else, and he's going to give up eight, it's a $2 million gain for him not to play 10 weeks. Well, but he was going to make money next year anyway. I agree. I'm telling you, this is how he yeah, might be thinking. I, I think that's a rabbit hole of mathematics. I mean, well, I, I, it's it's it's. I'm taking not an away economics the, guy, but I'm always the upfront money. To me, is always. I'm talking right now. If I, I don't want to make nothing now for what I think I can make next year. Right. I, don't, I don't know if I ever get back to nothing. That well, I you might not make. get that contract if you break your leg. Yeah. So I think he would anyway. I, I think it would have to be a – I mean, even knees. They do amazing stuff with knees now. Um, $14.5 million this year is a lot of money to, to me. Not, and he's not a franchise-changing like, back And the whole argument, some of those teams. It, you know, if, if people are trying to say, well, they'd run the wheels off them uh, you know, and wear them out. I mean, that's been his whole career. He has thrived on that. He has worn that with pride – and said to anybody who would ask him about it, I train for this. I, I can get the ball. I, I don't want to come out of game. So that's why you get the 14.5 in the first place. <laughs> right. Because they can count on you. That's a lot of money. That's more than any other running back makes, even after Todd Gurley. Most touches in the league last year. Yeah. That's what he wants. That's the guy he wants to be. He's, he was that guy in college. He's been that guy here. So why would you want to stop being that all of a sudden now? 
More soap opera activity. Martavis <laughs> Bryant ripping Juju on Instagram. We'll have that for <laughs> oh, you. Oh, really? I didn't oh, hear that. Yeah. What do you do? I'll tell you when we come back. Fowl's got news top of the hour. <laughs> Uh, we're going to talk at the top of the hour a, a little bit about what really might have been wrong with the Mona Lisa. Missy Matthews talking Steeler football 815. Know your enemy. Tom Reed talks to the Browns. Tom Reed from The Athletic in Cleveland will be on at 845. It's Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. Bill Crawford, Val Porter, Mike Pursuta, Joe Rikiki is our producer, and yeah. Ed Bouchette writing in the Post-Gazette that Martavis Bryant, who was recently let go from the Raiders, took to Instagram to criticize former rookie teammate Juju Smith-Schuster. Who took his job. Yeah. Oh, hold on a second. This, for some reason, okay, that's a year old. That story popped up as the number one trending story on the Post-Gazette website, and I'm like, God, he did that last year. He's at it again? Yeah, and I just double-checked the date, and it's from a year ago. So he didn't knock him. I was like, wait <laughs> no, a minute. he did. Just not recently. Just not recently. Uh, I was going to say, how can you be going after anybody after you just got cut by the Raiders? He's going to get suspended again. And isn't it, If is he at that point where it's a year? Martavis? Yeah. Because uh, that's, yeah, no, I think so. Because that's why they cut him. Yeah. That's the number one trending story. And the number two trending story is the Le'Veon Bell story on postgazette.com. Weird. See what happens when you take away the Tuesday print? Everything goes to hell, Mike. <laughs> how about how Gruden was calling him the White Tiger? Did you hear that story? Yes. They called Martavis the White Tiger because when he played, when he coached in Tampa at the zoo there, there was this White Tiger, and he was either sick or you know not around or like in a cage, and you rarely ever saw him out. And that's what he called Martavis because Martavis was hardly ever available, but when he was. It was majestic. It was like a sight to behold. And that's what I always said to that kid. I'm like, that dude is a straight-up alien. Like, yeah. he is talent beyond belief, but just can't put it together mentally. And then he attacked Siegfried after practice to really make the <laughs> metaphor play out. Steelers are in uh, a sticky uh, situation here. Because, let's say, Lev Bell does come back before 10 weeks and somehow he thinks oh they can beat the browns they're scrubs they don't need me for that one and his i guess anything's possible i mean because what what, yeah his his thought process right now could be anything but the word if you listen to that interview that his agent gave yesterday man it does not sound like he's coming back i don't think we're allowed to play it I think it screws things up if I play that interview. Well, but. it sounded like the, it's been pretty contentious between his agent and the Steelers' front office. That's for sure. Yeah. But Steeler fans are pissed. Debbie Cromlish <laughs> interviewed yeah. on the street. Was very upset. This was from Channel 4. Very angry at him. I mean, I understand, okay? He got to eat, too. He got a family. I get it. But at the end of the day, really, you can't take it with you, lady, on. If he don't show up, who cares? We'll do it without. It's the Steelers. Like, we create the talent. We made you who you are. We made you what you're worth. End of story. (laughs) Oh, my God. I think Deb speaks for a lot of Steeler fans. Nebby Debbie down in the strip. A few inaccuracies there. Possibly. 
yes, several. Here's what uh, Anissa hey, Bakari. She's got passion. Bell's agent. Now, this is on the NFL Network. Yeah. On their serious channel? Yes. This is Lev's agent. Right. Is this for the entire season, though, or just up until week 10? When we find out. I think Mike Tomlin said it best yesterday. He'll get there when he's there, and, and we'll address those issues when he arrives. So, so just, and, and Adisa, I, I want to kind of sum up because we're going to run out of time in a minute, but it sounds like you're saying in an effort to protect himself for real free agency, he's going to limit the time with the Steelers. You said, I'll ask you a question with a question. So we'll read between the lines. You joined us over the summer and said the plan was the same as last year. Do you mind me asking you what's changed other than maybe no, that mindset? No, I said, no. Again, if memory serves me, I said Le'Veon had every intention to make this the best season of his career. That has not changed. That's his intention, to make this the best statistical season of his career. Well, again, you know, with all due respect to Disa, my question to you was, will the plan be the same? And your response was, barring something unexceptional, yes. This is a different plan, is it not? Well, then there you go. We had something exceptional to occur. What? What was the maybe, accept- maybe he watched Hard Knocks and he was like, Miles Garrett is going to tear right up through Big Al, and I don't want to get hurt in this game. I didn't do well against them last year. Might as well sit this one out. What was the exceptional thing that happened? I don't know. Is he talking about the Khalil Mack contract? I mean, I guess. Todd Gurley, Khalil Mack. Yeah. yeah. Aaron Donald. A lot of people getting Some paid. Big deals yeah. getting done. Should have been an outside linebacker. I have to say my excitement for Steelers season waned a little bit yesterday because when Lev Bell didn't show up for that 9 a.m. meeting, it was just like... Boner is dead. Boner is dead. (laughs) Val has news. Coming up next, what do you got? Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about Slash's divorce. Did you guys talk about that yesterday? No. Uh, We're going to talk about a few of the details. Okay. And Mike will have more for you. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. There's more. Who else uh, did you speak to? Not just those guys, but anyway, you know, there's plenty. Missy Matthews, 815. Know your enemy, Tom Reed from the Athletic Cleveland, will be joining us at 845. And uh, Stan Saverin in the 9 o'clock hour. Here's a look at your Steelers report. Does your fiance still open doors for you? He does. See? Actually. He's chivalrous. He's there a big you go. Guy. Car door? Yeah, car door. Always nice. do the car door, Billy. Yeah. Gotta do the car door. Actually, the other day I tried opening the car Mario door for test. him, and he was like, get out of here. No way. <laughs> Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> One time I tried giving him my sweater in the movie theater, and he said, are you kidding me? Yeah. Absolutely not. I'm not putting this little white sweater on. <laughs> no, that's right. No, that was the, that was the correct response. <laughs> yeah. That guy should have gone out and gotten, like, you know, a Southside Cinema Works sweatshirt before he did anything for $75. Now, conversely, if he would have said, yes, thank you, you might have a different problem. Right, yeah. <laughs> he's, like, yeah. he's wearing all my sweaters now. <laughs> He loves the mohair ones. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Thanks, Show. Gabriella DeLuca from Channel 11 who filled in yesterday for Val. Valerie back today. And what a day to be back. The Lev Bell soap opera. I love it. The White House soap opera. Everywhere you go. Do you love it? I hate it. Soap opera. The Steeler stuff? Yeah. Oh, man. It's I'm, driving me crazy. just bummed I'm, out. I'm just glad they finally admitted their pissed. The players, oh, yeah. Yes. yeah, that part. There was a there was a certain release in that. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah, because there is a weird thing when they support the guys for holding out, and you know what ultimately hurts the team. It's hard as a fan to separate yourself too. I mean, think of it less as your favorite team, just if you can separate it for a second, and think of it as you all work for the same company, 
and they're coming down on one of your guys in a way that I don't know. Do you know what I mean? I, like, yeah, you I understand want, he's fighting a fight that to, they may have yes, to fight. Someday. Yes, yes, that's what I'm that saying. I get that part of it, but, but but to me, the the line was crossed yesterday. It's sort of like that. The time to handle that was then, and now, as soon as you start missing games, and now you're costing the team. Now we're pissed. I'm pissed, but devil's advocate, this is the business. This is how it is set up. No question, but how many times have you seen the best player set out 10 games? There's a reason they bargained for the ability for them to stay out 10 games so that people have this leverage. Yeah, but as Ramon Foster pointed out yesterday, they voted no on that for the CBA. The Steelers (laughs) did. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. Across the league, in their union, that's what won out. To me, it's just like, I want to just, just tell me, when are you going to show up? If it's week 10, just say it. It Why is the why is the agent talking, but then he's still not saying when he's going to show up? Yeah, the agent comments are so cryptic, it's really hard to know exactly what he's talking about. He references uh, an event that happens. He doesn't specify what that is, whether it was the... Um, uh, slew of big contracts that came out after Le'Veon held out from training camp from Khalil Mack to Aaron Donald Todd right. Gurley before that I don't know but he is not here and it doesn't look like it's just for week one looks like he's going to take all 10 weeks right now and that sucks because I love watching that guy play the game me too uh, but you're not going to get a chance to do it this Sunday. Steelers move on without Le'Veon Bell against the Browns, the 1 o'clock kickoff Sunday in Cleveland, and we'll have more on that coming up. Mike Pursuta, he was speaking with everybody in the locker room yesterday, and uh, he got some great it's stuff. juicy. Oh, yeah. A lot of, lot of juicy sound bites coming up. Fowl's got news now. What's up? Here's a Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance.